Oh, I knew it. I, we were talking about that shit earlier. We fucking knew it. Uh, we were, what? That I was gonna put Link on my list. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, what's on your conversation? Oh, oh, I don't believe you. Yeah, I don't believe you either. You're a fucking liar. Or maybe he put like the Deku scrub. You get the shit. wrong drink. I've been just slamming yours down. Oh, stop, you asshole! Because it was still good. Oh no, shit! <laughs> we got Starbucks, and uh, I was like in a rush to get in here and get set up, and I accidentally grabbed Madison's drink, and I was like, I don't remember my drink having cinnamon in it, but this bitch is plain. <laughs> She's so mad at you right That's now. That's my drink. That's my drink because I can taste the honey. Is it honey or cinnamon? Oh, oh, I get it. I, I'm caught up now. Mine has honey. Mine is yes, uh, whenever I go to OG Starbucks, drink. I get um, I get a uh, vanilla sweet cream cold brew with like five extra pumps of vanilla because I'm going to be a diabetic in like two years. That, and uh, I get agave. Wait, I really are you a co- vegan honey? I was going to say, isn't agave basically just like a uh, a sugar substitute? It's a it's a honey substitute. Oh, okay. Like vegan honey. Vegan honey. Vegan honey. I guess honey's technically not vegan because it comes from bees. Mm. Does it? It does, right? So, what do they spit it out or honey. something? I mean, I know they make honey, but are they like? Is it coming from their bodies or are they just like slave labor? No, I think it's actually coming from their bodies. <laughs> These are just our I'm slaves. Not a... <laughs> we can get their honey. What the fuck? I mean, that's how I've always thought about it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no. Um, no, I'm pretty sure they regurgitate it, right? Oh, that yeah. It works. Oh, that's yeah, the their body makes honey. it. They kind of like... It's either they kind of like throw it up or they like piss it out. It's kind of one of the two. That's so cool. I love fucking insect slime. I will never have honey again. I was much more content with them being my slave laborers and I was eating their hard work. Uh, Dylan's like, I'm only buying agave from now on. (laughs) I'm look. Looks on you. Agave is dumb expensive. And it comes from the same plant that uh, makes tequila. So. And tequila is the worst thing in the world. I don't know about that. No, it is. Rather have Depends tequila than fucking bee butt juice. Oh, I'll take bee butt juice any <laughs> day of the week, bruh. Fuck tequila. Tequila so gross. Tequila is like a drug. It's more of a drug than it is a drink. And I'm convinced of that. Every time I've ever had tequila, it's like the worst night of my life. You are not wrong. I love Patron. Like, oh, God. God. You are so white. <laughs> Am I? Is that what I've been my whole life? Uh, I think so. I think, yeah. Goodness. <laughs> I God. my my favorite liquor is having a reality hands down, hands down <laughs> Crown Royal. Crown Royal is the shit. Crown Royal is the shit. Uh, so good. All their flavors. The vanilla, this, vanilla one. I'm sorry. I'm drinking a tequila, which is traditionally a Mexican drink, but you're over there drinking Crown Royal, and I'm the fucking white one, you 48-year-old woman. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. I that's mean, true. That's fair. <laughs> All right.
hunting pickle pickles. Hunting pickles. Yep, that's it. I nailed it. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> I think you did this last Boy, week too. I did. I did. Pretty sure you did that. Last week. I don't. I, I don't even remember what it was last time. I, haunting p- pickles. That's what it was. <laughs> haunting pickles. The official video game podcast of Culture Bop and the Culture Bop family of entertainment. Oh boy! It was a rebranding. Yeah. Uh, well, we hope that today finds you well. You know, we've got a pack show for everyone. Uh, we'll be talking about video game characters, new console announcements, Ubisoft shit in the bed. Uh, probably some Christopher Nolan talk, and uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a mention of some massive game called The Adventures. Oh, and uh, of course, as always, you know, it's customary. Austin will once again recount how he will be pre-ordering the most expensive edition of Breath of the Wild upon announcement. All of that and more. Should I just go ahead and do it now? Yeah. Should I wait? You definitely should. I'm gonna, I'm gonna th- no, I'm going to wait. It's going to be unexpected. I'm going to throw it in later. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am, of course, your esteemed host. The one and only Bebop man, Mr. Josh McMullen. And I am joined today, as always, by my aforementioned co-host, Austin Dull protagonist Stevens, and my other co-host Dylan, underwritten antagonist Martin. What is going on, fellas? Hold on. What uh, is Dylan the better nickname this episode? <laughs> How did I get dull protagonist. I mean, well, I get it. Both of Why? you are bad, uh, but Austin, you're the hero. You're the hero of this episode. You, you just yeah. <laughs> I think we fucking broke Dylan's brain before we started recording. It was so bad before the recording ever started. And then all of a sudden you just launch into the Leroy Jenkins yell. Boy. Oh my God. That's going to be my thing from now. And I'm just going to yell. Please God, make it your thing. (laughs) Might as well. It's funny. It worked. So Uh, why am I the antagonist? uh, Because you're the bad guy. I try so hard to be good. I did just notice that I did not put a single antagonist on my list. Weird. Yeah, that's, wow. uh, that is actually something we were talking about. Um, me and Dylan, w- was it today? I think. Yeah, it was today. Yeah, we were talking about uh, if either of us had put antagonist on our list. And I was like, fuck yeah. Why would I not? Yeah. I kind of wish that I did. I didn't. <laughs> and here we are. And it's too late. Well, I'm now. glad I'm not the only one regretting my list. <laughs> I kind of am. One of them, I feel like, is kind of a cop-out. I'm not going to lie. But we'll get to that. I I might even change my mind before we even get to it and not even say it and say something different. So we'll see. Oh, damn. Damn. Knowing me, we'll see. Well, uh, why don't we go ahead and get started? I'm going to talk to you guys today about a little show called Lovecraft Country. Have you guys heard of this? I have not. I've heard of Lovecraft. Okay. So it is a a HBO series that is currently running on HBO. Yep. That's why it's an HBO series. God, I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, (laughs) But it's, it's, um, it's based on a book from uh, how long ago was it? Uh, 2016, I want to say. Um, but it takes place in 1950s, like Jim Crow era, uh, Chicago. 
and it follows this uh, this pretty uh, well-read black man um, kind of through all of these super weird and uh, like horrific sort of like Lovecraft sequences. Um, and it's kind of uh, about overcoming the terror that is racism and it kind of like treads the line between the two. Like there are actual monsters like Lovecraftian horrors. And then there's also like the real horror that is like, you know, racism. And, uh, it's only got four episodes out as of right now. And we've watched all four and I think it is pretty good. Uh, I have some problems with it, specifically with, oh, excuse me, uh, specifically with episode two. Uh, I think episode two is really, really terribly written and just feels incredibly abrupt. Uh, And I don't really know why they didn't let it breathe a little bit more than they did. And I think it's, I mean, they have 10 full episodes, so they're definitely going to have more time to flesh it out. But like the, the first episode kind of follows Atticus Freeman, who's the, the main uh, character. He's going back to Chicago to kind of look for his missing father because he received a letter from him uh, telling him about his family legacy in, uh, in Arkham and they find out that it's actually not Arkham, it's Artem and it's in Massachusetts. So they go on a road trip, uh, and that's when they kind of run into the, the first instance of these Lovecraft monsters. And then it just kind of goes even more batshit from there. He kind of learns that he is from, uh, a, he's the son of a old slave trader who had like raped his slaves. And I, there are some really, really wonderful moments in the show. And I think that the, the lead actor, uh, he just got cast in, uh, the new Ant-Man. What is his name? Jonathan majors. That's it. Okay. He's very yeah, good. I know what you're it. talking about. Yeah. So he he's very good. Uh, he was also in the the last black man in San Francisco, which was mm-hmm. last year, I think. Anyway, so he's very good. And uh, Journey Smollett, who played Black Canary in uh, what's the the Harley Quinn movie, the Fantabulous Emancipation, I think that's what it's called. And she's pretty good. I just. I, I'm, I want to see where it goes before I pass full judgment because I do like the show, but I feel like that second episode really kind of took where, where the show was going to go and didn't just thrust Mm -hmm. it forward like forever. Like, oh, that's a bad way to put it, but like just really, really pushed forward the timeline really quickly. And then episode three kind of does the same thing where it kind of like hurries past the events of episode two. Uh, And 
that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it kind of feels like there's just a bunch of stuff happening all at once. If that makes sense. It doesn't feel like it's getting time to breathe, but, uh, so far, so far I am really, really enjoying watching it. I just want to know where it is headed. If that makes sense. What, uh, streaming platform is this on? Uh, it's on HBO. Uh, so if you, HBO max, or if you have an HBO subscription, you should be able to get it. I just, a part of me was hoping it was on Hulu. Like you guys talked me into the whole Hulu train. So I'm <laughs> doing stuff on that now. Uh, so I'm a little bummed out because I don't think I have HBO. I think I have it through stupid AT and T. So I guess I can check it out through that. Oh but. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, AT and T. AT and T offers you a free subscription. Well, it's not free because I overpay for my phone bill. So, <laughs> well, I know, I know. With my internet, um, with my internet service, it was uh, a package that came with it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. how I got it. I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying that. Austin, how about you tell us about Austin. your PC? Yeah, I, uh, I, I finally um, <clears throat> made the transition. I guess. Which I, me and Madison were talking about it, and I think I said something to you earlier about it, Josh. Uh, I now a PC. I can now say I'm a PC guy, and I am also an Evangelion fan, and that is like the two worst kind of people rolled up into <laughs> one big package. So I'm just overall terrible now, I guess. Yeah, um, but I'm very excited. I got an AMD build, so I'm very excited. I'm very excited for it to come in, and I can throw this laptop against the wall if I wanted to, but I won't. I'm probably still going to use it for or something. So. Well, the important question is what game are you getting first? Yes, that is the... Um, I've seen... I've seen... I've been looking at a lot of stuff. I definitely want to get into Overwatch on PC because I fucking love Overwatch. Um, there, I saw a Battle Royale game that's offered... It's free right now on the Epic Game Launcher. and oh, uh, Fortnite? God. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, it's free. It's free right now on Epic Games Launcher, and it's called Cycle or Cycling or something. And it's it's a oh. battle royale. It it looks it looks like what I wanted Outer Worlds to look like. Mm. Looks like this, like you're on a distant planet start off with a pistol and a knife and you have to go around do objectives to like upgrade your guns and get better guns all while fending off their real players at the same time that just that game looks really interesting but i will probably definitely play fortnite probably for sure gonna happen and apex no i don't like apex dude i don't uh, like it what? all right it's fine I, I don't know what it is dude i just i can't I, I tried. I tried so hard to play it when it came on Xbox, and I just could not. Then again, maybe it's because I was playing on Xbox. I don't know. I'm going to try it. I argue that it's the best Battle Royale. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's hands, hands down my favorite. Like, I tried Warzone and then just immediately stopped playing it. Fortnite, I can still go back to just because there's... I mean, I played it before. Like, I think I told you guys the other day, like, before Seasons were even a thing, I was playing Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so I can I can kind of go back to that and have a little bit of fun. But Apex, I can pick up every single day, play it, and I get bored. You guys should uh, you guys should definitely look up. It's either cycle or cycling. I'm not sure, but you guys should definitely look that up. I will. I'm definitely gonna download it and try it. But there's so many battle royale games. Absolutely, there's too many at this point. Yeah, agree. Um, definitely gonna get Dead by Daylight. I'm definitely gonna get uh. Overwatch, um, probably a lot of single player stuff just because I feel like this PC can handle it really well. So I'm definitely going to be playing a lot of single player, like campaign, like focus story games, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And probably a lot of YGO Pro. <laughs> probably too much YGO Pro to be playing on a $1,000 PC. What the fuck is in League of Legends? Yu Gi Oh! <laughs> oh my God. All right. We're moving. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a. It's a competitive Yu-Gi-Oh simulator. I cannot believe you, Austin. <laughs> I do. I played Yu-Gi-Oh competitively until last year. Yeah. No, that's fair. Do do your thing. Yeah, but um, and Pokemon Showdown probably and just shit like that. Even though I feel like it's almost disrespectful to play games like that on a thousand dollar PC. It is. I feel like it's almost disrespectful. <laughs> um, but you'll make up for that with Apex Legends. I, I, I'll try it. I'll okay. see how I like it on PC. I, and we'll try it I'll, together. I'll play with you guys, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'll, cause I, I've actually been told that. I've been told that's why I didn't like it was because I was playing it on console. I don't know. I, I don't. That's know why I don't like anything anymore. Yeah, I. I don't know. After I switched, we got some news coming up. Josh, I added it to the end of the news uh, oh, section. Please. By the way. It, it just pisses me off, and it has to do with the console versus PC uh, in terms of first-person shooter thing, but we'll, we'll touch on okay. that in a little bit. I just can't handle it on console I'm, anymore. I can go ahead and say I'm probably not going to be playing a lot of first-person shooters because I, honestly, other than Halo and Overwatch, I don't really give a fuck about them. Yeah. Just, just something about FPS is like, I, they... I mean, maybe that's I, why you don't like Apex. FPS. That could be it, honestly, because it's a first-person shooter. That could be why I yeah. actually can go back and play Fortnite, because it's not first-person. I was going to say, yeah, it's that third-person overview, so that's... just something about it. Like, even when I play Fallout, I switch to third-person. Oh, damn. Yeah, there's just something about FPSs that, like, I just... I don't know. I just don't give a fuck about them. I don't care. I don't think... I don't get the... Especially COD, dude. I don't get the fucking... And base that COD has. I don't. It's the same fucking game every year, and y'all all pay 60 bucks for it. It's the same fucking game every it's fucking year. It's the same thing with fucking Madden, honestly. Like, it's the same thing with Madden. It's the same thing with 2K. It's the, At this point, it's the same thing with Assassin's Creed, even though Valhalla looks fantastic, uh, and I will be getting that shit day one. <laughs> uh, yeah. But moving on. Oh. <sighs> Right. Uh, Dylan, why don't you tell us about how you are establishing your YouTube channel? Yeah, I'm you keep throwing me off every time. Like, I think you're <laughs> going to start on the one and then you jump to the other. Um, so, yeah, establishing my myself in the online world. Uh, I jumped into doing YouTube Let's Plays. I don't know. It feels like I've been doing it forever now, but I think I've only been doing it for about a week. And it's you've been popping out videos that you've been posting yeah, like, what one a day right yeah i try for one a day sometimes i'll kind of start the upload up on the other one and sometimes get two a day um yeah, yeah. 
but it's taken over. It's about the only thing that I find enjoyment in anymore because work sucks. Um, for those of you mm-hmm. that don't know, Josh and I both work retail at one of the largest companies in the U.S. Um, and it sucks right now going through the pandemic. Uh, but only imagine. to say the least, yes. But coming home, it's like you would think it would be a second job, but it's just fun, relaxing to put out new content. And I'm enjoying the games I'm playing. I'm doing a Let's Play for Minecraft Dungeons right now. Uh, I got some Overwatch content up and Skyrim. <laughs> so I stopped at the third Skyrim Let's Play video. Um, I was like, okay, I'm setting us up for a great next episode because I, I was right outside of a Dwemer ruin. So it was going to be hard. It was going to be challenging. It's going to be super fun. And then I was like, all right, guys, see you next episode. Close the episode, close the game. And without thinking, I was like, I did not save because that game does not auto save for you. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. So it's been sitting on episode three and it might be for a little while longer <laughs> until I have the courage to go back and try again. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, but no, it's fun, man. Uh, YouTube has been my happy place and I enjoy going there. Yeah, I feel you, dude. When I was uh, putting out videos on a pretty regular basis, I will be doing so again soon. I promise. Uh, but when I was doing it on a pretty regular basis, man, I loved writing the scripts. I loved editing the videos together and then like, yes. putting them up. It It's that's what I'm really finding more enjoyment out of now. It's like, so the the editing process for the videos, it's not too terrible for mine because I just trim up the front about, you know, a little bit and then down towards the end. And then if I'm doing the Overwatch videos, I'm kind of cutting clips together and I'm making those. It's just a lot of fun. And I enjoy like the whole, like even the thumbnail process, making a new thumbnail every day. I enjoy that too. I don't know. It's just therapeutic. I think I found my thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Austin, you, since we're talking about YouTube, uh, Dylan, you have written down here that Dylan talked you into working on a let's play. What is, what is that? Pregnant pause. (laughs) Austin, are you still here? Uh Uh-oh. That might be good. <laughs> oh no! <sighs> oh god! I can't help but find the humor. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Is he out of the room? I can't even see him. Yeah, he he popped out of the Discord. Oh shit! It still shows shows him there for me. He just popped back in for me. Oh, shit. The good thing is, is that I've still got Craig recording. So if we lost (laughs) any of his audio, we should be able to get it back. We should be able to get it back. Let me close and reload. Hold on. Hello. 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 Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Whoa. Josh, I yeah. even tried closing uh Discord out just to just to refresh and make sure my stuff was good. It took forever just to get out of this uh out of the room. So really? I muted my mic. 
because I had to cough really fucking bad and then I unmuted it. But like I like it wasn't picking up anything, so I muted it again and then unmuted it and then like boom, here I am just fine. So don't know what the fuck that was about. That's weird. <laughs> but here we are. Um but anyway, uh yeah, Dylan said something in the group text about he wanted me to do a Breath of the Wild let's play. So yes. I really wanted to play master mode and I just haven't found the courage to do it. And so I'm going to do a master mode. Let's play a breath of the wild. You're I'm going gonna fucking oh, myself. Oh my God. That's going to be so sick. No. Cause that's what I was telling Josh earlier. He was telling me about this challenge he's doing in dead by daylight where he was trying to record oh, a let's man. play for it. And it was, it was like a fail because he yep. couldn't do it. And I'm sitting here like, that's what I want to see. I want to see people's trials and tribulations and their frustrations because mm-hmm. as a gamer, I can relate to that. So you jumping into master mode, that's going to be sick. So, yeah, I'm actually and I've been wanting to play Breath of the Wild, but I'm purposely uh, not playing it right now until my PC comes in because I want to I want to I want it to feel fresh when I boot up master mode. Like I want to feel very afraid of what the fuck I'm about to go through. <laughs> yes. I think honestly, I think I'm going to skip doing all of the divine beasts and just do all the shrines and then take on Ganon. I don't think I'm going to get the divine beast power ups. Damn. It's going to be way harder because if if you guys don't know, in Breath of the Wild, um, each time you beat a divine beast, uh, you have, you you know, you have to fight the, uh, like the thunder Ganon or the fire Ganon or the water Ganon. Um, if you don't do the Divine Beasts and you just go straight to Ganon, uh, you have to fight all four of those and then fight both forms of Ganon. So you don't just get to skip out on those bosses. You still you just have to fight them all at once if you go straight to Ganon. That's so sick. You think, oh man, I'm not going to question whether or not you can do it. I just want to watch it. That is sick. Are you, what kind of capture card are you going to get? Um, I have one. Uh, I just don't know where it's at. But it is. Is, is it who makes it? It's it's. Uh, I have to get up and get it. It's over here. I thought I was wondering uh, if it was Elgato because those are all no. Oh. <laughs> is not. It is. Um. Actually, oh, wait. No, I I lied. It is Elgato. I'm dumb. Hell yeah, those are great. It is an. It is a. Elgato HD 60s. That's the one I want. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Buddy, man. Uh, Congrats. It's not mine. Um, my buddy but is it, letting me use it because he's not going to use it anytime soon. Um, he was like, I might end up selling it to you because he was like, I paid a lot for it. So he was like, I might end up selling it to you. Uh, he was like, I don't know. Just, yeah, it's a heavy. He was like, if I see you using it and I see you having a good time with it, then, then we'll talk about it. But he was like, for now, you can just borrow it because I'm not using it anytime soon. Yeah, that's the one. That I don't I know how much he paid for it, and do I don't that. want to know. It, yeah, I was gonna say, man, I think it's close to two hundred. Yeah, right, as of right yeah. now, with all the uh, the like price gouging and shit, it's it's really expensive. I think normally yeah. it's yeah, about so. fifty. He said that he said it does. Whenever I go to use it, I am gonna have to do like a firmware update. But he was like, other than that, it's fucking great. So hell yeah, dude! I'm excited, I'm excited to watch that. Mm-hmm. I just got to wait on my PC to come in. Um, I'm also, I don't, I don't particularly want to do Let's Plays. Like, that's probably the only one I'm going to try to do. Um, I would like to do a lot of, like, uh, competitive stuff on Sword and Shield. 
I'd like to do a lot of competitive stuff on Link Evolution. Um, <clears throat> and I'm huge into JRPGs, so I'd really like to do like a, a best builds per like class or like in shit like that. So that's, that's probably the direction that, I'm that, gonna take. Yeah, that has a lot of uh, potential because people want to see that kind of stuff, especially someone on the Pokemon side of stuff mm-hmm. that it knows what they're talking about on the competitive scene. I mean, that's that's a good uh, that's a good opportunity. I'm excited for you. Yeah, and I, I'm not gonna say that I'm like <clears throat> I'm not gonna say that I'm like super super educated on competitive. Um, but you're but better I'm than the average Joe. I would say so. I would yeah. say so. Um, I know last time we recorded, I was just uh, fucking around on my Switch while we were recording, and I did a, I did like six ranked battles, and I only lost one of the six. Oh, shit. Because I got yeah. fucked. Because this dude came at me with like a full like mono ice team, and like four of my team got fucked by that. Oh. Not prepared for ice types at all. But Damn. other that every every other match went pretty good so that's that's probably going to be more what my channel goes into i also want to do um really just anything nintendo related i have a huge you guys know you could do announcements and stuff yeah i have a huge affinity for nintendo really they are my favorite ah fuck off (laughs) (laughs) like everybody that knows me kind of has figured that out by now because you walk in my game room and it's just like nintendo just smacked you in the face that's one cool, again. I, I found something on. I found this thing on Wish, and it was like a, uh, it was like a LED like Nintendo sign, and it was fucking huge. And that's all I want. Well, it looks huge, but you get it. It's going to be three inches wide. Yeah, for real. Because uh, I, I thought it wasn't on Wish. It was on Etsy. Oh, okay, that's oh, okay. better. That's somebody, amazing. somebody made it. That's just going to take like fucking a year to get here. Yeah. Let's see, That's for good, everything though, with your, for Etsy, it takes a long time. See, you'll have like a little Nintendo backdrop going on for when you start making those high class videos. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm shooting for. That's, that's cool shooting. though, because that's I mean, the reason I started the YouTube series for obvious reasons, I already said it, but also, you know, God forbid something happened to me one day, my family and friends will have something to go back and listen to and watch and hear me enjoying oh. something. So I think that's a huge part of why I'm doing it too. Um, it's just there for them to always that's go back. There, to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like with anything else. Once you put something on the internet, it's always there somewhere. You'll always oh, yes. find it. It'll stay. Yep. Learn that the hard way. <laughs> oh God! I, I'm not even. No. We're, no. No. Don't. No. Uh, all right. So another HBO series that I've been watching is Gemstones. I'm I'm serious. Not even giving that. Um, you guys, you can edit that out if you want to. Oh no, it's staying in. Uh, do you guys know what the Righteous Gemstones is? (sighs) I've heard of it. Okay, so it's a very very dark comedy kind of like crime show uh written and created by well i say written by it was created by danny mcbride he's i'm sure like a pretty driving force in the writer's room and he also stars in it alongside adam devine and john goodman 
and it's about these this family who are basically prosperity uh, gospel preachers. So they're like the Joel Osteens type shit, mm-hmm. but they're really fucking bad people. Like just really awful. Or well, for the most part, they are. A- Adam Devine's character is actually kind of kind of weirdly sweet, and John Goodman, I kind of think that he uh, I, I, I we haven't finished it yet we've got I think two more episodes left but John Goodman you kind of see um, a sweetness to him that kind of got eroded away because of the death of his wife and that's not really a spoiler because that's like in the first five minutes of the show mm-hmm. but it's really 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 fucking funny like unnecessarily funny there <laughs> there was this one episode i think two episodes ago we were watching and like the very beginning they're uh they're looking over this van and uh one of the characters keith comes out and he's like what's going on blah 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 and he's got a shirt on and they're like Keith, I don't think that shirt's as long as you think it is. And then just peeking out from underneath the bottom of his shirt is this little dickhead. And <laughs> oh my god. Like it's it's there are so many penises in the show, it's hilarious. Uh but yeah, so what I watch those for. <laughs> right. <laughs> so seen really, have I seen what? I, I said, have you ever seen Shameless? It's a joke because oh, you've seen Shameless. Every episode, there's a dick. Every episode. Every every episode. I actually had to stop watching that show because it started pissing me off. Like I stopped watching it, too. After um, that bitch's name, uh, Fiona's little sister, Debbie. That's her name, right? Debbie? Yeah, yeah, I think so. After she became a mom, I stopped watching it. I couldn't watch her be a, such a terrible fucking parent. Dude, yeah. It did, the thing that really annoys me about that show in particular, tangential, obviously, uh, is that fucking they sit there and are like, they're always on the cusp of like getting out of their situation and then they just don't fucking do it. Then they just fuck everything like, up. Bro, you're yeah. right there, and then you fuck yourself. I get that. like, uh, it's kind of the point of the show, I think. Yeah, I think so. But too. at the same time, I just i I think me and Madison we stopped watching it where Fiona was about to get married to that guy, and her dad shows up and was like, "Oh, well, talking about how her husband's still doing drugs, he relapsed again, and like all this extra shit." And then like they just all take turns beating the shit out of him. Oh God! Um, it was a season finale. I don't remember which season it was, but and we were just like, okay, that we're kind of done. We're done with this fucking show. Yeah, yeah. Please stop watching him. But back to what you were saying. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, you're good. Uh, but oh, uh, the show's just—it's incredibly, incredibly funny, and it is—it's a Danny McBride show, so you kind of know what you're getting. Like, it's very stupid. Like, it's very dumb comedy. Mm-hmm. But the writing in this show is surprisingly great. Like there is one episode in particular that like actually kind of like got to me, like kind of like 
made me like kind of cry. <laughs> and it's yeah. just because there's this like really human moment where like you see John Goodman's character and like his happiness before like like there's a I think it's episode five. There's a kind of like flashback episode where they're showing basically how their life was before the mom passed. And there's just this really sweet and tender like moment with John Goodman's character that up to that point I hadn't seen. And then it kind of dawned on me that like, it was like, Oh, like, you know, from the beginning of the series that the mom is dead, but like it in this episode in particular, like it dawned on me. I don't know why, but it was like she dies and it sends him down this really bad path. And like that just really like hit me unexpectedly Mm -hmm. hard. But, uh, I mean, and there's, there's other stuff too, like, uh, where you kind of can see where some of the other characters are coming from and like why they are the way that they are. And I don't know, man, like it's, I did not expect this level of writing to be honest with you from the show, especially with the amount of like dumb jokes and the penis jokes and shit like that. But it, uh, it's really good. I really, really like it. And they HBO renewed it for a second season. And I, I genuinely cannot wait for that second season. So you sold me at uh John Goodman. I love him. He's so good in like everything, but Heard, very underrated actor. If we were doing a top five actor list, he might be on there for me. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I love John Goodman, but, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I might have to check that shit out. So, since we're checking out shit, uh, Austin, tell me about what you're checking out in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, have either of you ever been to Chicago? Yes. I, I may, maybe you'll agree with me here. Um, I hate when people talk about Chicago. And it's usually people that have never been. And they're like, oh, and they, they talk, people talk about Chicago like it's a really run down, like crime infested city. And it's like, they, you know, people call it Chirac and it's one of the worst cities in the country. <laughs> oh, my Fuck God. That. Never Chicago was fucking gorgeous. Really? Dude, I've heard that my whole life. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I've genuinely never heard that. But yeah, I've heard in that the hip hop's whole life in the hip hop's. Um, no, I, here, here's I love the thing. Chicago. There are definitely parts of Chicago that are a lot seedier than others, but you can say that just oh, absolutely. any fucking big city in the country. You ever been to downtown Atlanta? You ever like, been in oh, underground? Real. It's scary. It, for real. Terrifying. But uh, what you I, think I is actually accurate, though, Chicago. Chicago is a very beautiful city. Yeah. Well, every time somebody says that, I'm like, have you ever been to the Bean? Great. Gorgeous. Yeah, that whole little area right there, like right on the riverside, dude. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Oh yeah. Went to um oh fuck what there's a park in Chicago. It's called like Memorial Park or something. I don't remember. It's called like Memorial Park, and it is just and I hate nature. You guys know that. I hate the 
Dude, you did that text the other day where you were like, Madison's making me go outside and I'm just pouring sweat. I hate her. <laughs> that shit made me laugh. I, I hate hard. nature. Hate being outside. I hate being somewhere where the climate is not controlled. I hate it. However, <laughs> Memorial Park, that I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Oh. It's been it's been like two years since I've been to Chicago. But Memorial Park is fucking beautiful. That whole area of Chicago is fucking gorgeous. And I, I love that city. And of course, like you said, it's got, you know, it's got its bad parts. Every every major city does. You know, people want to talk about how beautiful Atlanta is, but fail to mention that Atlanta is the number one city in the world for human trafficking. So, like, there's that. Yeah, also, fucking, if I'm not mistaken, Dawsonville, which isn't a big city, but, like, it's fucking an hour north of Atlanta or whatever. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it's the number one meth capital, like, in mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I might have that wrong, but I, I remember hearing that. I, I don't know if that's a fact, but I believe it. I've met people from Dawsonville and I believe it. Uh, um, oh, Chicago is great. And, and, oh my God, have you, have you ever been to Portillo's in Chicago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have. would kill a man for Portillo's. I, I would risk spending my life in prison for Portillo's. I'm not going to front. So there's Could uh, eat Portillo's three meals a day. Oh wow, that I love it. I, it's I don't so know good. about that, but that's so, so good. No, fuck you. It's delicious. <laughs> There's kind of a funny story. Uh, well, it actually isn't funny at all. I don't know why the fuck I said that. One of the <laughs> one of the ends up podcasts, being a really sad, depressing story. <laughs> one of the podcasts that I I kind of sort of drew inspiration from uh, for this show uh, mm-hmm. is the old. Um, kind of funny PlayStation podcast called uh PS I love you. Yeah. And Greg Miller was the host or co-host over there. And he is from Chicago and he used to talk about Portillo's mm-hmm. constantly. So I when I finally went to Chicago, Kayla hadn't said anything to me about it or anything, but she was like, uh, well, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, we, we have to eat at Portillo's. <laughs> like, this, I, ha- I have absolutely. To but um, I think he oversold it a little bit. I think it's good, but I don't know that it's like amazing. Have you ever had the milkshakes at Portillo's? That I haven't. So the next time I'm back in Chicago, I need to do that for sure. Dude, there they have a milkshake, and it's the chocolate cake milkshake. A dead ass, an entire slice of chocolate cake in that milkshake. It's fucking awesome. It's so. Good. I hate you both. <laughs> I, but there's other things about Chicago too that I love. It's just it was. I don't, the act's funny enough. The last time I went on vacation was also to Chicago at the end of 2018. Oh, and now I'm going again. It's not really a vacation, but to some 2020 New York fad blog between two little hipsters who are going to all these cities and eating at all these little <laughs> restaurants. I'm just sitting here like, man, I could really go for some smoked sausage over a fire right now. Like I'm the one that wants to be outside camping. And then I'm just like the black sheep over here. Like, yep. No city names, city restaurants. I, no, it I is. Would, I would straight up. I would go camping with you. 
I wouldn't. I feel like you would die. I probably would, but I would do it. <laughs> I think I, if, if you guys ever wanted to go as a group, I think I would go, but I would complain the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I get a little too hot or a little too cold, I'd be like, fuck this. I want to go home. Oh, my God. Someone's going to be like, hey, do you guys want to go fishing? No, I'm going to go in the tent and play my Switch. Leave me alone. Yeah, you both are going to be <laughs> real pissed when I'm getting my stuff set up at 530 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get up at that fucking early in the morning to go no, fishing. No, I wouldn't either. But I would definitely, I, I would go out with you. Yeah, go fishing. Well, I'm going to be sure. fishing at 530 on the docks and you guys are going to be like dead by a bear inside your tent because you didn't get up and come with me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you guys ever want to go camping and uh, maybe take a little uh, adult medicine for inspiration, <laughs> yeah. there sounds it is. fun. There oh my god, adult medicine! Because the last episode that we made adult medicine joke, I didn't, I isn't gonna make it out of the process. Yeah, sadly, so I had to say it here. I had to say it here at least one point, at least yeah. once. I'm hoping that when I'm in Chicago, I can find somebody to give me adult medicine. We'll see. Oh my god! <laughs> I should be Just able to administer it through you in the uh, in Chirac. You can find that. That's so because, crazy uh, to me that that I have I've a lot of connections. So we should. Please just Google it after this. <laughs> so the the whole reason that we're going is because Madison's cousin is uh, getting married in Chicago. She, oh, holy shit did it take us this long to get to that yeah she fucking yeah it did um <laughs> she, she she lives there well technically she i think she lives in crystal lake illinois which is like an hour outside of chicago like, crystal lake like friday the 13th that's legitimately called crystal lake oh my god i have to go there now yeah, yeah, it's fucking tight. It was cool sending a Snapchat to somebody and like having the Crystal Lake filter. It was fucking awesome. But um, I'm, I'm really excited because they're from where we're staying. There's supposedly a like a huge retro video game store, like mom and pop store, like 45 minutes away from our hotel. So I don't know that I'm I'm not gonna have a lot of time there. So I don't know that I'm gonna make it there, but I'm definitely gonna try to. Um, I don't know that I'm going to buy anything because I mean, there's 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 not a console that they have Nintendo wise that I would buy because I already have them. Maybe I'll get lucky and they'll have some like cool variation of like the 64 that I can't find anywhere. So we'll see. But that's honestly the whole reason I'm excited to go is just so I can do that. I'm not a fan of weddings. Yeah, I like going yeah, to fair them. Fair enough. Uh, before boring. we boring. Like the whole time, I just want to get drunk. Well, that's what they're for. You go to weddings to get. Um, yeah. Unless you go to a dry <laughs> wedding, and then uh, if you have a dry wedding what? and you invite me, I'm dead ass probably not going to come. Yeah, there's no such thing as dry weddings in my book. If you have a dry wedding, I'm not going. Well, <laughs> see the the <laughs> wedding that I was in was in a wedding at the end of july and i hope he doesn't listen to this because he'll be really <laughs> mad at me but i was hammered that day i had been drinking and i i had been drinking a lot oh, that's okay he'll get over it if he does hear this all right so what's he gonna do about it now it's two months later 
Oh my god. Uh, let's talk about Dylan's American Horror Story. Where? So you're watching? Are you are you watching from the beginning? Yeah, but I've seen it before. Um, really, just walking Sabrina through it right now. Okay. And the whole thing because we we did start with Murder House. Um, oh, okay. I'm gonna yeah, I'll walk her through one through whatever they have on Hulu. But uh, I was looking through she some horror movies. It? No, she never saw it. She actually, she That's apparently crazy. That is, she walked in and out of a few episodes while they were just playing on the TV. You know, mm-hmm. in a past life. And she was like, isn't that a really cheesy show? And I was like, let's sit down and watch it. And let me show you why it's not. Uh, especially Murder House and Asylum. Those are I fucking great. If you don't like it, fine. See, Hotel is my favorite. And I think that's the one everyone Hotel is fantastic. Oh, my God. Oh, so you Wrong. like it. Josh hates it, right? Okay, there's Wrong. the one. Yep. Hotel is <laughs> the best season, Josh. Episode. I'm going to be the tea daddy of this episode. No. Wrong. Austin calls him. Austin calls him tea daddy. I only yes, call him tea daddy when he gives me money. Kayla says just shut the fuck up, Austin. <laughs> gagging. She's gagging. I only call him tea daddy because he gives me money. That's it. Uh, That's all he's good for. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. No. Well, you guys are both wrong. It, it is definitely Murder House that is the best one, but it is good. It's really twisted. Um, I, I like Roanoke too because that one was more spooky. Yeah, Roanoke is very spooky. I think Roanoke's actually a little bit underrated, honestly. It is. I think a lot of it's underrated. I think there's the bad seasons. No, no doubt. Um, but she's enjoying it. Uh, the reason I even started is because she was like, you know, we were playing that game one day, Josh. <laughs> the game to be named later. Oh. And we were looking for a horror movie. And I was looking through Netflix. I was like, well, these are all hang shit. On. Wait, hang on. Let me. What? Oh, my God. You guys were looking for a horror movie. And you didn't even think to text me and get a recommendation, bitch. We're not friends. You're kicked off the podcast. Bye bye. You're fired, Austin. <laughs> You're not Austin. You're Dylan. <laughs> My. I'm gonna I was let like, you Wait. keep talking. <laughs> I'm not even. <laughs> we were looking for a slasher movie. That's what the whole problem was. Okay. Well, fair enough. But yeah, there's not a single slasher movie. Of a bitch. Well, I want to buy the Halloween collection and the Scream collection, but I, oh, I Googled it. I went on Amazon, and apparently the Halloween collection either doesn't exist or it's like $300 for some reason. That was on Amazon. I'll just let you borrow my Blu-rays. I have the whole collection on Blu-ray. Like, is it a box set? Yeah. Where did you find it? Uh, oh, funnily enough, we were, um, we were in... Don't you dare say Target. I think. Okay. No. We were in Chattanooga at this... Um, old um like used bookstore called mckay's and i found it there for like 15 or 20 bucks and it had all jesus christ through uh what i think it had all the movies up up until rob zombies remakes so it's got like damn through 10 you mean the worst ones well whoa i just bad opinion police austin i wanted to like i remember seeing it at best buy one day yeah and I could never find it, especially now that I'm looking for it. Of course, I can't find it. Of course. And if you find it, let me know where you find it, because I also will. I will. I'm on the hunt, man, because I want to buy it. And I want to buy the Scream collection and the Nightmare on Elm Street collection. and the Because she's never seen any of these. That was her whole reason yeah. for getting into oh, American Horror Story. Never seen it. Madison has not seen any of those? Mm-mm. 
Dude, you guys never seen any other classics because yep, I've got the Blu-rays for the collections for all of those. The only one I actually don't have oh. is Friday the Thirteenth. The thing about Madison is like she loves like horror stuff. Like she's seen all of American Horror Story, and like she loves she loves Halloween and like the whole spooky aesthetic. But she can't really handle horror movies because she has a what's it called? Um, she has a type of paranoia disorder. So like she oh. can't necessarily handle watching them because when she does, she will like like she won't sleep for like three or four days. Dude, to a dead ass state, like and it freaks her out. Fucking terrible. Yeah, but no, she. God. It literally, all, like all she can do, like she'll lay down and she'll just literally think of like the worst possible case scenario that could happen to us in the middle of the night. Damn. Oh, I just do that every so, night. <laughs> um, but she, she's, she can handle the Halloween movies because the Halloween movies are more. They're more like in your face suspense. Like she can handle slasher movies because we've watched a couple. Um, it's the it's like the psychological ones that she can't handle. Paranormal activity. Oh, and even that's fine. Like, but like insidious and sinister and stuff like she can't handle uh, those. She can't. Do you guys see the witch? Ones. No. I think yeah, I, I actually wondering. think that uh, Madison would really like the witch. Now, in her defense, uh, her. The whole situation has actually gotten a lot better. Um, she's more, I think, as she got older, because that was mostly when she was younger, like in high school. Um, but as she's gotten older, she's kind of, I don't want to say grown out of it, but more or less grown out of it to where she can handle the stuff a little bit more. Grown so, accustomed to it and learn how to live with it, yeah. essentially. Yeah, so she can handle, because like, you know, it's... I don't know something about I don't know something about her getting older and having kids like just kind of changed a lot of stuff in her brain, but she can handle stuff a little bit better now than what she could before. Which honestly, you'd think having kids would make it worse. That's what I was thinking. That's crazy. Yeah, I would I would definitely think it would make it worse. But the only thing she really can't handle now is because I I love Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds is a fantastic <laughs> show. Um, she cannot handle. Nope. Did she? She cannot handle any episode involving kids. Mm, fair enough. She can't. Yeah, that real like, horror kidnappings or stuff like that. She or like the child molestation episode. She's like, no, I can't yeah. do it. I can't handle this. That's yeah. too real. So she wasn't a fan of uh, John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> any of that stuff. Oh. I don't know why I, mean, I said she... fan. Like he has a fan club. <laughs> oh well, the fucked up part is Dylan. He probably does. You're right. Probably, honestly. That's what American Horror Story has taught me. Oh, yeah. We need to get back to that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's fine. I was that was just kind of, you know, finalizing it. It's uh, we're watching through it. She's liking it. She I asked her today or it was last night. I don't know my time span. Quite honestly, we watched an episode for the podcast. I was like, what are you thinking? She was like, it's kind of spooky. I'm really digging it. And that comes a long way yep. from isn't that that cheesy show? So <laughs> yeah. coming full circle. Fair enough. Uh, where yeah. you got you did say you're in season one, right? Yeah, we're doing Murder House. We just finished episode six, so we're almost there. We're getting there. Oh, we're getting to that climax. Dude, you're you're getting to the that one really great episode where uh, Tate. Well, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's the one we just watched. Dude. Well, also the one where uh, Violet um, takes yeah. some pills. Yep, yep. That's. <clears throat> 
that threw me for a fucking loop so yep. hard. That was Ryan Murphy's writing at its best to me. Yeah, dude, as much shit as I gave him when I was talking about the, uh, what was it, the the politician, that's that's the name. Oh, yeah, that was as it. As much shit as I gave him when I was talking about that show, dude, the writing for season one of American Horror Story, I think is like excellent. It's really mm-hmm. yep. excellent TV, but... And that's what that's what draws me in. That's what keeps me coming back. I don't know how many times this is that I have watched the show, but this is I keep finding new stuff that I like about it every time that I go back. And Sabrina's watching it. She's always asking questions. She's trying to figure things out. So any kind of show that can make you do that is a show worth watching. I agree. Absolutely. So oh, Josh. All right. I'm can, I, can I ask you why yes. why you don't like Hotel Josh? I was going to uh, ask that too. You know, if I'm being honest, if I'm being 100% honest, I really... If you say it's because of Lady Gaga, then I quit. I'm pretty sure she, he doesn't like her acting. I, I genuinely don't think she's that good, but she's not the reason that I didn't like season I, five. Um... <laughs> I just don't like the whole. I how do I want to phrase this? I feel like a hotel was them doing a sort of. They wanted to do The Shining, mm-hmm. but to me, they had already done The Shining. If that makes sense, like they were sticking all these like uh, twisted souls and like ghosts and. <clears throat> shit like that in a hotel but like they'd already done that with murder house and it felt very and i know i know that it's different i know i i realize that well it's not even that i was gonna ask you so i understand that aspect that they were i can see the the correlation with the shining but are you familiar with hh holmes uh that that's the 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 serial killer right who like built the chicago tower he built the the World's Fair, like it was for the World's Fair Hotel, I guess is what he called it. Yeah, yeah. I I read something about him because I remember a book coming out when I was in, either when I was in high school or when I was in college. And I remember the book being like a, a real big deal. And I was like, oh, I'm going to read about that. And I, I never actually read the book, but I read like what it was about. He... To me, I know everyone has the one, but he, to me, is the most sinister serial killer because he built an entire hotel with trap doors and places where he could spy on people and kill rooms and places where he could dispose of the bodies. This man is probably the most scary and gruesome of all the American serial killers. And if you have not read about him, it is, I hate saying that it's fascinating, but it's fascinating what he did and how the American, like the not American, but the human psyche can think of that kind of horror. Like he truly was the American horror story. And that episode encapsulates perfectly what he did. Like that hotel that they're in in season five, it gives me bad vibes because that's exactly how I see what he did. But I do see The Shining. I did actually, funny enough, Josh, you know, it's my favorite horror movie, but I didn't correlate it with The Shining just because of the H.H. Holmes thing, to be quite honest with you. And that's really fair. I, um, 
I really need to go back and watch season five and try it again because everyone does say that it's very, very good. I um, love it. It's my favorite season. It's it's not the season that I think is the worst. Hmm. I think that probably season four, the whichever one the carnival What's one the, was. was that's the only one I never finished. I genuinely do not like it at all. Like from yeah, I'm not looking forward the to very it. Beginning like the first episode, I think had like some really cool stuff in it. But then I got to like episode two and I was like, I'm just, I don't give a fuck about any of these characters. That was me, man. And I have to sit through it so we can watch it together. Um, Sabrina and I don't want to skip it over again, but I'm not looking forward to it, especially when it goes from murder house to asylum to coven. Like I know people think coven's a little weak, but I enjoy it. I like like witchcraft and stuff. I love that. So I love watching that episode in or not episode, but that season in particular. But then knowing that freak show is right after that, and I have to like do that boss fight before I get to hotel, which is my favorite <laughs> season. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, dude, Co- Coven for me is also a little weak, and that's just because I feel like it's very high school drama. You're right. If that makes sense, and and there's a lot of really it. Just freak show do it for me the one with the dude with the really long fucking fingers and has that really uncomfortable scene. Uh, yep. Um, yes. Yep. 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 Thanks. Yeah. So I've never seen a show on TV make me as uncomfortable as that scene did. <laughs> a weird scene. <laughs> well, uh, we have been recording for a little over an hour, so I am going to talk about Tenet now. <laughs> So, and we're I'm honestly compared to the last episode, brief. we're still doing good. I know, right? Uh, I'm actually going to keep this relatively brief for two reasons one, for time constraints, but also because I really need to see it again before I feel like I have a full grasp on, on the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't, I want to state right now, I do not think that it is Christopher Nolan's best movie. And I 100% do not think it is his worst. I think it is somewhere in the middle where it falls on the scale for me. I'm not quite sure yet, but I feel like there's some stuff in there that maybe I missed the first time watching it where I don't Mm -hmm. like the rest of his movies. I've really done that with the rest of his movies. I feel like I've had a pretty good grasp for the most part walking out of the theaters and, and tenant, I, I don't think that I did. Um, with that said, tenant is very good. And tenant is basically Christopher Nolan's James Bond. Um, so you often think of Christopher Nolan as being the, the blockbuster guy, but the guy who does like really kind of mind trippy or like, yeah, concept blockbusters and the the concept between tenant is basically that you have the ability to go forwards in time but also kind of like relive the same sequence backwards in time sort of if that makes sense mm-hmm. so like tenant for instance is a palindrome so it's it's spelled the same forward as it is backwards and that's kind of like the whole uh, excuse me. Sorry. 
Uh, that's kind of like the whole thing about the movie is like time goes forward and it's backwards and it's really apparent or it's been apparent for a while that Christopher Nolan has an obsession with time. Like even going back as far as like memento, Mm. but this one I feel like was the first one where he really kind of like really, really delved into like the whole concept of time. And I, I really feel like the message that he's trying to put forth is that if we don't learn from our past, we're bound to repeat it in the future sort of thing. And I think that that theme comes across really well, but with like a super convoluted plot that even if it like, to me, it made sense the entire time. Nothing really kind of like didn't make sense to me, but there are definitely moments where I kind of was like, wait, what, what, what's going on? Like the overarching plot made sense, but like in the moment there were scenes that I was like, I have no idea what the fuck is happening. Cause they would talk about stuff and it just, it made sense, especially once you got to the end of the movie, but in the moment it didn't make any sense. So, uh, that all said, uh, I think his name is John David Washington. I might get that wrong. Oh, funny story. The other day I was going through, uh, something and then I, I clicked on IMDB and I had had him pulled up or whatever. And there was like a, you know how they have ads at the end, uh, for like, you know, uh, You'll never believe this. Those sort of things. And I saw one and I clicked on it and it took me to this story that was like uh, John David Washington had to do chores when he moved it back in with his dad. And the motherfucker is Denzel Washington's son. And I had. Oh, holy shit. All that, that this motherfucker was related to Denzel Washington. Like they don't look the same. I've legitimately outside of, I remember him in uh, black Klansman and he was in something else that I remember him in. And I was like, yeah, I really like this guy, but I had no idea that he was fucking related to Denzel at all. But anyway, uh, so that was funny, but I think he's really good in it. Uh, I think Elizabeth DeBecky, I think, think that's how you say her last name i think she's very good in it she's in a ton of things and she's she's fantastic uh i really though i really hate i kind of fucking hate saying this but i really feel like robert pattinson kind of stole a show i think he is fan fucking tastic in the movie and uh i cannot wait to see his fucking take on batman at all i I am a real big fucking Pattinson oh, fan. Man. But uh yeah, I need to go see it a second time, but uh I I really think that it's good. I think it's very very good. The uh, only problem that I have with Christopher Nolan movies is and I haven't seen a lot of them. I've seen like the, you know, like the major critically acclaimed like blockbuster ones. Mhm. The problem, and I swear to God, 
I'm only going to make this reference one time for this fucking episode. Oh, God. I'm never going to make it again. Um, For me, the stigma behind Christopher Nolan makes me not want to watch his movies. Where, Because I've always been told that... So I have a problem when I watch movies is sometimes I have to watch them a second time to like really grasp all the subtle details. Like, uh, like when I watched Joker for the first time, I had to watch it a second time before... And I think even a third time, but this might just be because I'm stupid. <laughs> I had to I had to watch it a third time to realize that uh, the black chick that he was like going on dates with and stuff, I had to watch it for a third time to realize that all of that was in his head. Didn't realize oh, that. Oh that. goodness! Yeah, no, I'm dumb. I'm uh... dumb. <laughs> um, but I also pin it on. I think the first two times I watched it, I was like doing something in the background. I don't think I was really paying that much attention. So that could have been it. medicine. Um, yeah. Um, actually, no, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe. You can't do adult medicine and knowing me, maybe, but I don't think so. You can't, it doesn't work. I tried it with inception. It doesn't work. Um, this was like the worst movie to try that with now that I think about it. Like even Inception, I had to watch it. Watching that movie, like what? I would love that. Probably kill myself if I did that. So (laughs) no, I can't actually. Um, I'll be the guinea pig. I I, like even even in (laughs) (laughs) even in watching Inception, I had to watch it like a second time to like understand the ending. And even today, I still don't know that I understand it. Um, but Christopher Nolan movies have the same kind of stigma that. They have the same kind of stigma that Evangelion has, where if you didn't like it, it's because you didn't understand it. And that's what I hate. Uh, I think that's bullshit. I really think that's bullshit. That's the same thing with fucking Rick and Morty. Uh, If you don't like it, you just don't understand it. No, that's bullshit. You can legitimately... It does not take a high... Like hate the the thing where people are like, oh well, you you're just not smart enough to understand yeah, Rick and Morty. Like, have you seen that show? It's fucking stupid. Yeah, there are fucking fart oh. jokes in fucking Rick and Morty. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> oh, uh, granted, I'm gonna be honest. I think Rick and Morty's fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, I do too. I do too. But I I just but I definitely don't think you have to have an IQ of 300 to understand the fucking show. No, you don't. And I don't think that you have to have an IQ of 300 to fucking enjoy Christopher Nolan's movies like at all. Yeah. I'm I mean every, every movie I've seen of his I've enjoyed. I've never seen one that I didn't like. Inception. Did Christopher Nolan do Man of Steel? No, he so he produced it. Um, he didn't direct. That, I mean, honestly, that doesn't mean shit. Like producers, basically, what they do is they gather the money and then they make sure that the money is spent correctly. If if oh, that makes okay, sense. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro- yeah. Producers legitimately don't fucking do shit. I'm glad you said that because I almost sounded really stupid. Yeah, because I didn't like Man of Steel. I thought it was a shitty movie. Man of Steel. Is I think it was Zack Snyder, right? Awful. Yeah, it, it was Zack Snyder. It was Zack Snyder? That's yeah. why it's shitty. Listen, okay, hang on. I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna be a little bit defensive of Zack Snyder. Go ahead. I think that that I thought Gil was just challenging you. <laughs> I think go that ahead. Zack Snyder has a very, very good grasp on visuals. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. 
I do not think he's a good director. I do not think that he knows how to tell stories through character work or through shot composition or anything like that. Yeah. But his visuals are on point. I was about to say, you mean the visuals like at the end of Justice League where everything looked orange and on fire? Now, Justice League isn't his fault because he only directed like half that movie. Oh, well, then it's half a shitty movie because of him. (laughs) Dude, uh, I I genuinely can't decide if I hate Justice League or Batman versus Superman more. Oh, dude, every DC movie is awful. I've never seen it before. They're all bad. They're all bad. (sighs) And when I say DC movie, I don't mean like the Dark Knight trilogy because those movies are masterpieces. Oh, no, yeah. We we knew what you meant. Like like the DC extended universe, they're fucking garbage. They're hot-ass garbage. They're pretty Every one of them. I hated Batman versus Superman. I fucking hated Justice League. I walked out of Suicide Squad halfway through. I literally walked out of theater. I was like, this movie fucking sucks. I'm going home. Dude, yeah, just Suicide Squad is the fucking worst. And I never watched Birds of Prey, and I don't think that I'm going to. I've heard uh, Shazam was okay. No, Shazam is awesome, is it, and I think it's the best DCEU movie, period. Like, I've heard Shazam Wonder Woman is awesome. really good. Uh, Wonder Woman is good, but the villain is very underdeveloped and just kind of thrown in there. Yeah, I've heard that too. But... Shazam, I think. I heard Aquaman was okay. Yeah, Aquaman is is very okay. Uh, it's got some awesome sequences in it, but it's. Mm-hmm. As a whole, I've heard the visuals of Aquaman were fantastic, but the rest oh, of the yeah. movie was pretty abysmal. Yeah, that's basically where I'm at with it. I also don't like Jason Momoa, so. <laughs> Fair enough. I really don't. I don't think he's that great of an actor. I think everybody just hypes him up because he's dumb attractive. He's he is. He's a beautiful man. You ever seen him? <laughs> this fucking guy I don't really think just because you're attractive doesn't make you a good actor yeah no uh, no it doesn't it does not I think he's an okay actor I think he's very uh, average the actor I hate the most is Jake Gyllenhaal by far okay I am I am so done with you with you now I cannot believe you just fucking said that out loud he is the most average human being I've ever oh, met dude. okay av- most average human fucking being all right I'm definitely uh, oh, I'm gonna get heated I Did you see on. him in far from home because he was awful bro he was so good in far from home no, uh, have you seen him in, have you seen oh, him in nightcrawler or what about prisoners? No. Uh, or Never what seen about, that uh, What about enemy? Oh God! Oh, I hate you, Austin. I'm gonna- it is a life dream of mine to touch Jason Momoa's chest. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> fair enough. I'm, I'm I'm heterosexual, and I've had dreams about Jason Momoa. So fair. Oh my God! All right. Anyway, that, that was Tenet. Uh, uh, Tenet's good. Go go check it out. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I think this Moving is the funniest on. episode we've done so far. Um, maybe. I think uh, we're having a great time. So, one of the great things about gaming is its ability to connect with us on some level. Whether that be narrative, you know, gameplay mechanics, music, art design, or any other number of factors. Uh, one particular way has been through the use of characters. From Mario, to Link, to Commander Shepard, to Geralt of Rivia. 
characters are some of the most well-known aspects of gaming. So we decided to talk about that today, but with a fun little twist. As a sort of nod to the recently announced Mario 35, which we will get to in the news, and perhaps a look at how we plan to do our Game of the Year discussion episodes, we decided to talk about our favorite characters in gaming and then count them down in a fight to the death, old giant bomb style. Who will win our coveted <laughs> spot as number one video game character? Well, we're about to find out, aren't we? Uh, I figured we would do this in the same way that we did um, our five favorite games, where we go Dylan Austin me, Dylan Austin me, and uh, we don't necessarily have to count down because I found it really hard to rank these people. Yeah, I so, did too. Uh, you mean I spent down? the extra anxiety counting down this shit and we're just going to name them willy fucking nilly? If I was going to say, if you want to count them down, we we definitely will. <laughs> But um, but we don't. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna. It do sounds like we definitely rank. won't do shit because I am the only one that ranked them five through one. <laughs> no, I did two. I actually okay. did two, but I'm I'm saying we don't have what? to if we don't want. Okay, to. so you lied. So that was a fucking lie when you said that we don't. I'm, I'm actually right. gonna switch mine up just to be fresh. And why is it always me that goes first? You put me on stage before everyone so you can judge my shitty opinions you know i'm questioning my list you don't even uh, know dylan listen you want me to go first the, Dylan? because I, I have to give you I because have to give you a evil origin you have to give me a big fuck you is what you have to give me <laughs> here we go number five for me are we jumping in can i do this head first jump into the concrete here we go number five for me chris redfield oh Ooh, I like this. Okay. Chris motherfucking Redfield. When you think of a zombie game, my honorable mention goes to Leon Kennedy because it truly came down to Mr. Redfield and Mr. Kennedy. Um, They carried the franchise on their back. I'm not trying to take anything away from Jill Valentine or Claire Redfield or Sheva Alomar. But those two guys, when you think of their influence on just they st- I'm not going to say they started the zombie movement but in terms of video games they are hands down in some of the best ones that exist um they're suspenseful they're you know they're everything you could want out of a video game going all the way up until Resident Evil Village that's about to come out what I don't even know when that comes out but we already see Chris is returning in that um and and it's it's a direct sequel to 7 right uh, is that right? I believe so, yeah. So he has had his hands in the pot for a long time. And I feel like, in a way, we've kind of watched him almost decay as, a, as what we used to know him as, which is kind of metaphoric for the whole franchise as a title. And he is way too important not to throw into my top five because his story continues. Uh, just generation after generation he's been around for decades quite literally and he is very influential in where we are at today in terms of heroes in the in the zombie genre and it was hard man to choose between him and leon but chris is what got us started and i had to give it to him for number five. Oh yeah dude i good i i really 
I really, really like Leon, but I don't think that Leon is a... It was hard, Josh. Yeah, yeah I feel you. Did, yeah. Did uh did did Claire or Jill get any um uh I don't want to say honorable mention but did when you were thinking about it, like rescue characters did did they ever pass through your head? I feel bad for saying no. Okay. Uh, like they didn't even come to my mind because when I thought I was thinking through franchises that I've loved that I've played through and when I thought of Resident Evil, my first thought didn't even linger on Jill or Claire. It went straight to Chris and Leon. Um, I don't know why that is, because Jill and Claire and even Sheva. Sheva is from my favorite. Resident Evil 5 is my favorite game of all of them, believe it or not. Um, I, I love I, It's a little weird, I know. But again, Chris is the protagonist in that. Or, you know, one of the two. I, I understand there's two. But... There's just something about him, man. I mean, he has been there from the start, and I think he he just sealed it. Uh, and I don't want to take anything away from the other ones because every one has made their impact on the story in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. But Chris got us started, and I feel like I don't want to say we will watch him end it because I don't know how that's going to go, but I'm very interested to see how he plays a part in the story of Village. Yes, I, I agree with you on that. Um, Austin, why don't we go with you next? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> go get your phone, buddy. Uh, if, if I need to go next, I can. Oh, I'm, so I'm now. <sighs> so, um, I, so I had a like, really hard I like, time. I like tradition. I don't want anything to change. <laughs> I am very anal about our situation because you tell me one thing and then you change it at the goddamn last second and you still made me go first of all the motherfuckers in this room right now even craig could have gone first god damn it craig so hi austin i i had a really hard time deciding this list because i was like damn like we do just like video games or can they be video games that derive from other forms of media like maybe like original characters that were from like a video game from an anime but had an original character that was exclusive to that game and there is one of those on this list that i'm going to get to in a little bit but uh and number five is mega man oh okay and the specific iteration of Mega Man that I picked was Mega Man.exe from the Battle Network series. Yo, that's my favorite. I I absolutely love the Battle Network franchise. I I have a really weird affinity for them. I, so I love them, but I hate the first three. I can oh. barely play them. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, very yeah. long and um, but I actually do. I still have mine. I have a copy of uh, before, even before I bought a Game Boy SP a couple of months ago. Um, I had the Game Boy Player for the GameCube, and I I didn't buy the boot up disc because it's it's now because of COVID. It's like two hundred dollars to buy just the fucking boot up yeah. disc. So, so I did something better, and I paid someone to hack and modify a memory card. And so when I put that memory card in and I put either Pokemon Coliseum or Twilight Princess in my GameCube, it will actually boot up the Game Boy player instead of playing those games. Oh. Um, um, but so I, I actually still have a copy of I have Battle Network 4 Red Sun. 
I have the DS game for Battle Network 5, where it was both versions on yes. one cartridge. And oh, I you have, have Battle both? Network 6. I have Battle Network 6 falls are. Um, which Battle Network oh. 6 is by far my favorite of the whole franchise. Um, but Mega Man was I that's like one of my earliest memories of gaming, honestly, was having a Game Boy and playing the Mega Man Battle Network franchise because like I didn't know what it was. I remember being super young and the GameStop that I went to, they had a glass case that had like Game Boy games in them. Um, because the very first console that I ever actually got, well, not console. Um, other than the Dreamcast, not Dreamcast, I am fucking up right now. Um, the first console that I ever had was a hand-me-down for my brother, and it was a Sega Genesis, and we're going to get to that later in this list, too. Um, but the first console that was ever actually mine was a Game Boy Advance. That was the very first thing that was ever actually mine. And along with Pokemon, one of the very first franchises I ever played was Mega Man Battle Network. I know, I'm a lot younger than you guys, and you guys can fucking tell. Um, but yeah, it was Battle Network, and I remember I didn't know what it was, but I was like, Battle Network, like, that sounds familiar. I think I saw that on a cartoon that I watched, which was obviously uh, Mega Man NT Warrior, which is subbed is fantastic. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it subbed, but it's great. It is darker, and it is great. It was such a... It, it was such a... I think other than Pokemon, that was really the first JR because Battle Network was 100% a, a JRPG. That was their first time taking the RPG uh, format, or at least the JRPG format. And so that was really the first JRPG other than Pokemon that I ever delved into. And it started what became an actual affinity for JRPGs. Like, even if it's a JRPG I've never fucking heard of, I will buy it and play it, or I'll try. I'll try it and see if I like it. Because of Battle Network, because of the impression that Battle Network left on me as a kid, and the just the story about that version of Mega Man in general being based off of Lan's, uh, the main character Lan's deceased brother, who was pretty much turned into a computer program and became this version of Mega Man. I just thought that was really fucking heartwarming. And I don't know, something about those games, I can go back to them every time and play through them. And I, I wish that Battle Network never stopped. It, I, I can see it obviously had to. And it did get a sequel in Star Force. I don't know if you guys have ever played Mega Man Star Force, but they, they were yeah. very average. They weren't like super fantastic. Mm. But they, were, they, weren't, they weren't Battle Network good, but they were still pretty good. And I am praying, praying to whatever God is out there that Capcom... Um, because Cap, they, they released an interview over the summer and pretty much said, hey, you know, if Mega Man, if the Mega Man ZX collection does well, we are going to consider a Battle Network Legacy collection. Oh, my God. And I really hope they do that. Man, you that. hit my heartstrings, dude, because I haven't thought of Battle Network in so long. That's literally my favorite version of Mega Man. And I get shit for it because everyone's so like, oh... They are. And it's like, it, there's like this elitist mentality where if you don't like that old school, like side scrolling Mega Man, they're fucking assholes. And Battle Network did something so unique in my favorite ones. I got excited when you said the the double pack for the DS because I looked for that as a kid, uh, just as a cartridge. I could never find it. So the fact that you got them both, Dude, like I it's. It was dumb hard for me to find. I bought it earlier this that's year. Crazy. I can't even. 
I unfortunately, that's actually the only game in my collection that I currently still do not have a case for because I cannot find one. I've I've gone on eBay, looked for people selling just the case on its own on eBay, and it just doesn't exist. Nobody has that case just laying around somewhere. God damn. I, I tried to go to... I tried to go to my local favorite store. If uh, anyone listens to this is ever in the Buford area, Video Game Trader, a little uh, unsponsored plug. They are fantastic. They're some of the best people that I've ever talked to about gaming, other than you guys, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, I even asked them because for two dollars, they'll actually make you a repro case if you want them to. Um, it doesn't even have to be a game you buy from them. You can just come in and be like, hey, like I have this game, but I don't have a case for it. And for two dollars, they'll make you one. But they cannot even make me a case for that game because they could not find the right artwork on file. Damn. Jesus. But no, uh, Battle Network, even even as a child, Battle Network left an impression on me as a gamer. Yes. And just uh, the story of land and that version of Mega Man was very heartwarming. It was a very I've unique bond. Never want had. to play a game as much as I want to play that right now. <laughs> Dude, they're they're so good. And Josh, have you ever played it? I have not. Do you like we, Mega Man? Well, all right. Um, I really like old school Mega Man, like eight bit NES Mega Man. Right. Like um mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm blanking on the name. It was like the second Mega Man X? Yeah, Mega Man X. I really yeah, Mega Man X was really good. But Battle Network like, is so much different, but it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Oh man, especially like yeah, the one where you can start powering up. I think it was I think it was either Team Proto Man, Team Colonel, or it was what was it? What was the other one? The fourth one? It was Blue um, Sun or Blue Moon. It was Red Sun and Blue Moon. Yeah, so it was like you could oh Josh, like I know it sounds crazy but i think you would truly love those games um the, the fourth game was the first game to introduce the uh the double soul mechanic that's what i was going to talk about combining mega man with another yeah, you could actually oh. merge with other um uh they're called net navvies which are pretty much all the characters that do all the fighting um right. but he was actually merged with other net navvies and the cool thing about red sun and blue moon was you actually had to play through the story three different times on like new game plus mode to actually unlock all of the double souls that were available in the game and especially like the boss fights like base that was my favorite one yeah and then in mega man 5 they introduced the base double soul and oh yes good dude you ever seen the movie movie that has that there's a movie yeah, there's like six. <laughs> oh my god, my life! Yeah, there's a movie. Learning so um, much tonight. <laughs> there's a movie. This is like where... a sex ed class, right? <laughs> well, I don't know that I'd say that, but here we are. <laughs> well, I'm learning that you have porn on the internet of yourself. I want to touch Jason Momoa's chest. Like it, we're just getting okay, there. We're getting on. to all I the did levels. Not say that. No, you didn't have to because Josh deterred the conversation before you could. But I know, I know, <laughs> I did not say that. I don't know if. N- never mind. I'm, no. See. <laughs> um. But uh. Yeah, there is a movie. It's great. It, it it's the, yourself. The oh, Battle Network story. Oh my God, Dylan! Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is actually loosely based on the story from Battle Network Five. Um. 
the like main antagonist of the movie is Nebula and um oh, okay. Fuck, what's the last boss of five? The really big guy. What's he called? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna remember. But in the movie, he actually does uh do a double soul with base in the movie for the final fight. Oh no fantastic. way. Dude. But um yeah, Walk that's my number five, shit. Mega Man. Looked a huge left a huge impression on me as a gamer, and I still think that even aside from Pokemon, I think if I only ever played Pokemon as a JRPG, if you can call it that, I don't know that you can. I don't know that's what they're classified as. Um, Pokemon probably, like, obviously I lo- fucking love that franchise, but uh, it it never left the impression on me that, like, I love this genre, but Mega Man absolutely did. If it wasn't for Battle Network, I don't think I would be the kind of JRPG exclusive guy that I am right now. I just added it to my wish list on Amazon because of you. <laughs> I have to get it. But honestly, Josh, you should you should emulate them and play them. I, I, I would say at least play one. Maybe not the first. Maybe not the first. But definitely five. I mean, if I if we're going that route, you gotta go five. All right. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. come out. I, I, and it, it really doesn't matter which version of the only thing that's different between the versions of four, five, and six is um the different characters that you that Mega Man can perform the fusion with. That's it's almost like Pokemon that, exclusives. Pretty much, yeah. Um, because each each one has five or six uh, different characters that you can perform fusions with. Like they're not repeated between versions. So that's really the only difference. The story is exactly the same. They're fantastic. Yeah, that's my number five, Mega Man EXE. Cool. Um, so my number five <clears throat> is from a game that I talked about in my uh favorite games of all time. I'm going to go with Sniper Wolf from Metal Gear Solid. So Sniper Wolf is one of only two villains in Metal Gear Solid that you actually fight twice. Uh, Technically, she's the only one because uh, you the first fight with Vulcan Raven is him in a tank and you're technically fighting the tank and not him. Uh, but regardless, uh, the reason that I think Sniper Wolf is such a great character. Also, real quick, I I had them. At, let me look at my phone. I want to see how many of these characters from fucking Metal Gear Solid I had on my, my short list. I had Sniper Wolf, Psycho Mantis, Big Boss, and Solid Snake. Um, and... Psycho Manus maybe could have made this list, but I ended up going with Sniper Wolf. And the reason that I went with Sniper Wolf is because her story is incredibly tragic. And for some reason, like I think the fight with uh, Psycho Manus is maybe the most iconic fight in video game history. Uh, I really think that that is just an exceptional boss fight but the scene in Metal Gear Solid that I think has stuck with me the most is Sniper Wolf's death Mm -hmm. after the second fight 
where she kind of tells her entire story to Snake. And so basically, she grew up in a... she grew up in like a war torn country, if I remember correctly. And when she was young, basically her whole family was kind of like hunted down around her. And she was like a little girl, like a little girl. And her family was just hunted down around her. And one of the, one of the fucking lines of dialogue that she says is like, that she would wake up some mornings and find friends or family members dead beside her. And uh, another one that she said, I don't remember the exact quote, but it, it's something about how the, like the um, sirens and like the bombs and shit uh, were like her lullabies. So she grew up in like this war torn country And then eventually she was taken in by Big Boss, who kind of led her down a path of becoming like this ultimate warrior. And then so she she studied in uh, I think she studied in Russia to become like the ultimate sniper, so to speak. And so she becomes this really great sniper and then become like starts to hunt down the people that hunted her down. And that kind of became her driving goal to the point that she kind of lost sight that, you know, some of these people were also human beings and that, That really, I don't know, that really kind of like hit me when I was a a little bit younger. Uh, and basically she became obsessed. Like the whole, the whole thing about Sniper Wolf is like she, so like her upbringing under, you know, the, the military stuff really affected her to the point that when she became like a soldier fighting under big boss, she became obsessed with being the best sniper. And then she became obsessed with finding the, the people who had hunted her family. And so like, she became like a prisoner of her own obsession. And then at the end of the day, she's like, I'm not sad about, what I've done, but like, I'm sad that of what it made me into. And I don't know, man, there's something about her death scene that genuine, genuinely affected me in like a very, very deep way. And I don't know, man, she's just, she's one of those characters that has stuck with me from, the moment that I played that game all the way up until now, like I love Metal Gear Solid. And I think that there are a ton of great characters. I really, really do think the psycho man could have made my list. I think he's wonderful, but for me, it's sniper wolf. Mm, she's my number five. 
I regret not getting into the Metal Gear Solid franchise. I never, I just never did. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I can understand why people don't like them. I, I'll say that mm-hmm. they're not for everyone, but they're definitely for me. <laughs> uh, how about we go to, back to Dylan? Your number four. Yes, it's Dylan. My number four. See, this is where my list starts getting sketchy because I have so many that could have gone here. I got my whole list could have been substituted with someone else. My number four is a GLaDOS from Portal. Oh, Ooh. never oh. played Portal. It is. Uh, it was on your short. Wow, that's yep. crazy. I did not expect that. Um, I love GLaDOS. No, she is great. Austin, I recommend you give it a shot, especially when you get a PC. That's the perfect opportunity. Um, but what a character, what a villain, and then what a companion to have in Portal 2. I'm not going to say I too much. Love, I love her. Potato GLaDOS? Yes. Um, I'm not going to spoil too much because I want Austin to enjoy that experience. But I'm telling you, one of the most unique personalities out of any video game i have ever played and the voice actor kills it uh she's a huge part of what makes it a lot of my choices for uh what you call the shortlist had a lot to do with the voice actors like bayek of siwa for assassin's creed uh origins was one of them simply because his voice actor swayed me so much and i felt the rage and i felt the passion um glado's her voice actor kind of does the same thing in, in terms of making me connect with them, but on such a more just dry, sarcastic humor. Um, it just the whole not caring nonchalant. You can tell she's a computer. Yeah. But when she gets dark, it oh, gets dark. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So definitely number four for me. I, I feel confident. And that being my number four, but so maybe like Bayek could have gone there as well. There's so many that I'm struggling with, but I think she takes the cake. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> simply because she provided me with not only laughs, but just a feeling of dread sometimes. Like she kept you going. She strung you along. So number four, GLaDOS. Good choice, nice. man. I'm so glad that you picked that because I wanted to. And I just couldn't find a way to get her on. Yeah. but That makes sense. Austin, play the shit out of that game, dude. Yeah. Portal Ooh, is I'll very, definitely check it out. very fucking good. I'll definitely check it out. Um, Austin, what's your number four? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Wait. So my number four is it is yep. It's like I love Zelda. Zelda is not a childhood thing. Zelda is like much more recent thing. Um, I actually um I so I played Zelda games as a kid, but like I didn't like I I played them in like friends' house or I rented them for like a couple days from Blockbuster. I didn't have anything else to play and I never really like sank into them until like a year ago when I sank my teeth into Breath of the Wild. And then I was like, fuck, this franchise is dope. 
Oh, I started buying everything. I actually think the only Zelda game that I do not have in some form is Skyward Sword. <laughs> and the DS games. Those are fucking terrible, and I'm not going to pay money for those. But, um... First of all, if you ever tell me that Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Track is your favorite Zelda game, I'm going to punch you in the face. Because you deserve it. Um, so many other better games, and you pick literally the two worst possible options. Um, but, yeah, my... my like Link, just for the simple fact that you can say Link, and it means so many different things. Like he's so many different characters under one name. Because every, every Link, like in every Zelda game, for, except for you know the sequels here and there that barely ever happened, but most of the time, each Link that you play as is a completely different iteration of Link. It's a completely different character that has completely different experiences from from the previous Links before him. Um, Personally, my favorite version of Link is the uh, Child Link, like the Ocarina of Time and the Majora's Mask Link. Just because those are just the ones I I really adore. Like, I just love the little Child Link. He's so cute. And little Child Link stuff. Um, But no, no, Ocarina of Time, I understand like the cult classic behind it. It's not my favorite Zelda game. Uh, That definitely still goes to Breath of the Wild. It's Breath of the Wild 2. I'll wait for it. <laughs> oh, God, here it is. You guys, I was going to throw it in somewhere, and here it is. Most expensive version, day one, whatever. You, you've all heard it like four times by now. It doesn't <laughs> I love that he doesn't even care anymore. He's like, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> it has to go on. It's going to go on. Cool. I don't even get excited about it anymore. But what I will, what I did get excited about is something we're going to talk about later. But, um, yeah, it's it's Link just for the simple fact that every Zelda game you pick up is a completely different experience from the other. Like I can get bored of, I can get bored of the style of Wind Waker and then put up Twilight Princess, and it's a completely different experience. Where I can pop in Breath of the Wild or uh, Link's Awakening, which I have come to the realization that I actually think Link's Awakening is like one of the worst ones, in my opinion. It's one of the weakest. I will it's say the that, worst Mr. Dion Brown, if you are listening I mean, to this, I understand that you probably just threw the phone across the room because I'm pretty sure Link's <laughs> Awakening is his very most favorite Zelda game. <laughs> Oh, so I do love Link's Awakening. Like it's cute, and I love it. I I love the art style, but it's just I don't know, man. It's the it's the top down two D Zeldas. I just I don't really care for. And Josh, I hope you're steaming listening to that. Yeah, I mean it's okay to be wrong, Austin. It's not that they're not good. It's just I I I much prefer the I much prefer the three D games. I I think that they for me anyway. It's more of a when I play them, I think of I think less that I'm playing a video game and more that I'm actually experiencing an adventure. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My number four is Link. Cool. I would have been way shocked had that not been on your list at all. Yeah, same. Um I guess we'll move on to my number four. My number four. <laughs> is from a little game that was also on my my game of the year or not game of the year but my favorite games of all time list it is james sunderland from silent hill 2 
So, uh, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I really think that Silent Hill 2 story is way stronger than James's character, if that makes sense. Um, and maybe that has sort of like colored my perception of his character a little bit, but I really think that James is one of the most nuanced characters ever written in, in anything like just period. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, that'll be cut out. (laughs) Um, so basically as I went through in, in my, uh, gushing about Silent Hill two, James, his whole experience in Silent Hill is just that of like grief and guilt. And this is something that you get through like flashback sequences through like cutscenes, but there's also stuff that like uh, James's characters actually popped up in, in several of the other silent Hills and uh, really. uh, So basically what happens is James, his wife is diagnosed with this really horrible disease. Right. And so, Oh, and the, I mean, this game is old as fuck, so if you haven't played it, I guess spoiler alert, but it is old as fuck, so you probably should have played it by now. Um, So James gets married to Mary, and they have this awesome little vacation in Silent Hill, and they stay in the Lakeview Hotel, and they really really love it there. And so then Mary gets diagnosed with this terminal disease and she like her whole state, it like deteriorates really quickly and she has like violent mood swings and like all kinds of other awful, awful stuff. And Basically, the doctors are like, hey, this is happening. There's no effective treatment for her condition. Like, you're just going to have to deal with this until she dies, sort of. And that's like a bad way to put it. Like, a doctor wouldn't probably actually say that. But, like, just lets them know, you know, this is what what you're in for. Um, Yeah. And so... James begins to like drink to kind of escape his situation, so to speak. Like he has to deal with the fact that like his wife is suffering and there's not much he can do about it, but also because of what it's doing to her mental state and, and her physical state, she's not able to like be with him the way that they were when they were like loving and shit. So like, you know, they had had plans for children and, you know, that that can't happen now. Like, she's in no state to do that. Like, yeah. the, so he's put into all of this, this, 
this really awful headspace and basically because of the just like trauma that he has from her he kind of slowly like begins to resent her and it also sucks for him because he has to deal with the fact that like this is the woman that he loved and like he's having to see her like wither away and so he eventually kills her and his entire journey through Silent Hill 2 is him coming to terms with the fact that he killed his wife and there are so many things within the game that kind of speak to like his mental state. Like what I said, you know, when we were talking about the, um, the, the game in our, in our favorite games of all time is like the monsters are representations of the illness that she was going through. So it's like, they are representations of his guilt, but also there are like, you know, you can see that he is suicidal. Like he, mm. he kind of like does, he kind of goes headlong into this whole thing where like, there are obviously monsters around, like you should probably get the fuck out of town. But then he continues to go like deeper and deeper into the town. You know what I mean? Or like, in the very beginning of the game, and this is like really minor, but it's like a it's a, a cool little detail that kind of like showcases where he's at like mentally. The very beginning of the game, he's in a rest stop and you go outside and you see where he's got his parked car and the car door is still open. Like he he isn't all there. He doesn't really all like care if that makes sense it's, he's yeah. like very just despondent i guess is probably the best word to put it and his entire journey through silent hill 2 is is him kind of coming to the term or like coming to terms with the fact that a he was losing his wife to a horrible disease and you know he had all these feelings towards her but B, he fucking killed his wife. And that to me is one of the most like dynamic and just really, really heart wrenching stories in video games, I think, ever. And I don't know. That's that's why I I put him on this list. He easily could have been higher. Uh, he also easily could have not made it like the, my list I think is very, very strong, but I could not find a way to not get him on here. So he's my number five. He's your number four. Four. Number four. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I don't either, but I do know (laughs) that you make me want to play games that I've never played before. And I feel like. It's not like it's a. You know what, Dylan? I think that's the point. You're. Yeah, it's true. We're learning new things about each other. You made me want to go buy a fifty dollars DS game that I can't afford right now. <laughs> and then Josh makes dollars. Me... Where are you finding it for fifty dollars? 
It said Amazon. Is it true? Probably not. It's like some hacked copy. Uh, damn, bro. I paid 20. Oh, okay. Well, that's not happening. Um, glad you said that. That's coming bucks? off the yeah, it's coming off the wish list. Um, you can check. Um, next time I go into video game trader, uh, I'll check to see because that's actually how I got it. Um, they actually ordered it for me, a distro. So, well, they sound like some great people. Shout out to them. Or, uh, I, I next time I go in there, I'll check with them and ask them if they can order it again, how much it would be. I think I literally think it was like twenty one ninety nine or something. Out on every episode. (laughs) Honestly, I'm gonna have to be like, yo, I talk about you guys a lot. So where are those discounts at? It's borderline obsessive. Oh, it is. (laughs) Josh is like, you know how long this episode's already gonna be? Come on, guys. Very long. It's fine. So my number three. None of us moving on. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean I do, but it's on my YouTube channel. Check that out. Plug coming at the end of the episode. Oh my um, God. <laughs> uh, moving right along. My number three is Red from the Pokemon series. Oh, um, it's coming. Did you? I didn't put Pokemon on my list. Are you guys proud? I, I do I'm very proud of you, Austin. I'm proud of you it. for not putting Pokemon, but then I regress a little when I know that you chose Link, and I called that shit 12 hours ago. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did but, do that. But that's what I? makes the list. We're we're doing stuff. Um red if red for me, Josh, I don't like your condescending attitude about that, but that's fine. I, what, how is that condescending? Let me talk, Josh. Don't cut me off. My man said, How is that condescending? Proceeded to say, Oh my god. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I mean it was it was a toss-up between him and Silver. Just because I feel like those two were the strongest protagonists, but Red is the one that got it all started. Red is the one that you consistently see. I've met Gold. I did not mean Silver whatsoever. However, Silver is also a great antagonist. You meant Silver, and then you said protagonist. I was like, yes, yes, that is my fault. Um, Gold is who I meant. Silver is the antagonist who is actually my favorite rival of uh, Gold, Silver, Crystal. But with Red, yes, he was fantastic. With Red, that's where it all started. That's where your journey started as a Pokemon trainer. And there is a reason that even the next game, your ultimate challenge wasn't the first eight gems, the Elite Four, the second eight gems. That really wasn't your challenge. The challenge is then making your way to the top of Mount Silver and getting to face down the ultimate badass, which was you from a, the game prior. It was Red standing on top of the mountain. He didn't say a single word. He just simply turned around, looked at you, and you started the most epic Pokemon battle that ever existed in any game to me. Um, was that battle between oh, yeah. Gold and Red. And there's a reason he keeps coming back year after year. I mean, he, he, he's not in every game. But even the more recent games, we're seeing some kind of iteration of him further down the line. Generally, now he's portrayed as older, which makes sense. He's grown over time, but he's still that same badass that, I mean, once you beat Red, I mean, that's your achievement. You don't see all these other characters coming back like Gold or May, Brendan, all those guys. You don't see them coming back. It's just Red and Blue. Now, whether that's for nostalgia's sake or not. 
you know, that's its own argument. But there is a reason that they're coming back. And it's they were the strongest of the strong and red more so than in any of them. And he spawned my franchise love. I mean, I might have my issues with Pokemon Sword and Shield, but I will play the game till the day that I die. I will buy the next game oh, yeah. when it comes out, whatever it is. I'm going to pick up the Crown Tundra DLC day one. And it all started because of this little sprite walking around Pallet Town named Red. And he's my number three. Mm. Mm, Speaking of Crown Tundra, did you see the trailer they put out for Crown Tundra today? I did not. Um, none of the footage in it was new, so don't get too excited. Okay. Well, um, already however, happened. at the, very, the, at the very end of the trailer, um, they actually bumped up the uh, release window. It's <gasps> not winter. It's not winter 2020 anymore. It's autumn 2020. And there's like one month left oh, of autumn. So they even the used the fancy word. They said autumn. No. <laughs> oh, it's, it's coming soon. It's coming. It's going to be here. I would say the latest. I'm going to go ahead and say like the end of October. Be the latest. I, I would say that. Happening. I would take that on faith because you're like my little so. informant. You're my confidant. So I'll believe it. Fact, Nintendo confidant over here. That's what yes. I do. Almost feels yeah. dirty. It is dirty. <laughs> you had to make it weird. Sex ed. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> uh, this episode is going to be titled Austin's Unauthorized Pornography. And um, usage of adult medicine. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. <laughs> Austin, I've already Googled it. I can't three. find it yet. Okay. So, and we're going to me next, right? Yeah, yep. that's why I said, okay. Austin, tell me about so, it. <laughs> sorry, Dylan was talking over you. I do that. Rude. Uh, Rude. Um, so, my... Like he thinks he's the host three. or something. <laughs> um, my, my top three are in no particular order because I could not order them for the fucking life of me. So, they didn't end up in an order. Um, but... He had a really hard time with this because uh, three characters that almost made this slot from the same game. So you put them and they're from a game that is relatively recent that I have actually recently restarted and been playing. And the name of that character, I'm looking it up on the gaming wiki now because I can't remember if it's her or her brother. And it is Yuko Kamashiro from the Digimon Cyber Sleuth titles. Ooh. I something about I'm not going to dive too much into the story because I'm going to do that a little later this episode when we talk about what we've been playing. Um, but pretty much the premise of Digimon Cyber Sleuth is there is a cyber world that people log into and they move around freely. It's like a virtual reality cyberspace. And um, it was made by a company called Kamashiro Enterprises and Yugo, Yuko, I'm sorry, Yuko, the uh, daughter of the president of the recently deceased uh, by suicide president. I think it was suicide, right, Josh? Suicide. Pretty sure it's suicide. 90% sure it was suicide. I don't know. I'll clarify that later after I finish playing through the first one. Um, it's been a long time. But um, she, her brother, Brother, her she she has a twin brother named Yuko or Yugo. I'm really fucking these names up right now. You're gonna have to edit You're half trying. my shit out. 
she has a twin brother named named uh, Yugo, and the only difference is he has white hair, she has black hair, whatever. You know, stupid anime tropes. Um, I and I I almost didn't want to put this character on the list because I felt bad with it being from something that didn't originate from a video game. But then I kind of took solace in the fact that she is an original character that only exists in this video game story. She's not the anime or even recognized in the anime. None of these characters are. Um, but Josh, since I know you played the game, um, I actually had a hard time picking between Yuko, uh, Arata, or Nokia. I, I think all of their backstories are fantastic. All of their character arcs are amazing. Um, but Yuko spe- specifically because she... So in the cyberspace, uh, hacking is a very prevalent thing. And it's kind of looked down upon because they think, oh, well, they're taking something that m- was made to make everyone's lives easier and give everyone a relaxing, fun space to do things in. And they're taking it and they're hacking it and they're ruining it. So um, Yuko is a also a hacker but she doesn't really openly talk about it because when she is in this hacking world she actually takes the form of her brother who is currently in a coma and out of her brother's memory she defends this cyberspace from basically basically it's a team of good hackers and they defend the cyberspace from evil hackers pretty much um it sounds kind of cliche and kind of corny but if you actually play the game it's a lot more in depth than what i'm giving it credit for the story of four, the five main characters being her, her brother, Arata, Nokia, and then the playable character, all meeting as a child and accidentally being experiments, so to speak, for this uh, cyberspace and accidentally coming into contact with the digital world and Digimon as a whole. And they, none of them remember it. They wiped their memories clean so they would never talk about it because it was an accident. This, the digital world was never supposed to be connected to the human world in the first place. And uh, her brother is in a coma because of these things called eaters that start invading the uh, cyberspace. And basically they attack you. When, you, when you're kind of hooked up into this system, your mind is more or less transcripted into data. And so when they attack this data, it it fucks with your brain and it actually puts you in a coma. And they called it Eden syndrome in the game, I think. And her brother has been in this coma for pretty much since the start of whole cyberspace when Eaters first started coming through. Um, And I'll I'll get into the rest of the big story later. But her her story arc of. Josh, do you remember the mission where she had to delete her brother's data? like from the cyberspace and that was her way of kind of letting him go uh, like deleting his data no cuz that mission was fucking that cutscene was fucking powerful yeah. like she knew like she had to let go of her brother so she deleted his data i think at the end of the game i think that's resolved in a much more happier ending but at this point in the game it wasn't uh she decided she didn't want to hide behind him anymore and she wanted to be come to terms with who she was and so she went to delete his data. His delay, his data ended up having some kind of weird virus program attached to it, and it couldn't be deleted. The only way to delete his data was for her to fight him, pretty much. If mm-hmm. I'm remembering that I'm re- correctly. I'm remembering that now, yeah. You're right, you're right. And that was some... I don't know what it was about that, dude, but that was just a very... That was a very powerful moment in her character arc and honestly, my favorite part of the whole fucking game. That was my favorite interaction. 
she she's just overall a really great character. I wanted to put Nokia really badly because I thought Nokia's character arc was also almost as good, but Nokia was just kind of a really whiny character. I couldn't really get behind that. Yeah, Yuko. Mm, nice. Great. She she had probably, in my opinion, she had the best character arc in the game, even above the main character. I, I, I honestly wish she had been the playable main character. I would have enjoyed the game a little bit more. Very interesting. Okay. Yep, that's my number three. All right. Well, uh, I guess we're to me now. My number three is a character who I had a hard time figuring out who I, who I really wanted to put on this list and who I didn't. And number three for me is a guy who made the list because the story that he is in is so affecting uh, yeah. And I, I, I feel like this pick is a little, uh, just based on the way that I chose my characters, I feel like this pick is a little bit underwhelming because while he is a a, a character in and of himself, he's also close to like an avatar for you, the player. Uh, and it, so like you, uh, it's almost like an RPG, so to speak, like you become this character. So this character is your version of that character. If that makes sense. Um, I don't know if you've guessed it or not yet, Dylan, uh, but it is Lee Everett from telltales, the walking dead season one. Oh my God. Uh, I thought about it. I you guys know I've never played a zombie game. Ever? E- like, ever? Ever? Ever. Ever. So mine started off with the zombie game, and Josh is coming in hot right in the middle with the zombie game, and you've never even played one. Uh, uh I played, well, if you count The Last of Us as a zombie game, I played, like, the first 15 minutes. Uh, I mean, uh... I wouldn't call that a zombie game. Post-apocalyptic survival involving monsters and a virus. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, don't okay. really know. A zombie game. I mean, it. I guess kind of. But I guess. I don't. Know. It seems uh, like more. Twenty-eight no. days later. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Other than that I've never played one. That's crazy. I recommend Dying Light. Anyway, Josh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So the thing about Lee, I think that really, I, again, it's hard for me to talk about this because Lee became my Lee. He wasn't like, he was his own character, obviously. Like he's written, like he was a professor that taught taught history at, uh, I think it was at UGA, right? I'm, I'm yeah, it was something like that. So yeah, and he um, you know, he has a mother and father who have a family business in uh I think it's Macon, Georgia. Um it might be somewhere in Atlanta, but I I thought it was Macon. Anyway, uh you know, and like um 
you know that at the beginning of the game, he's in jail for killing uh, uh, a state senator who had an affair with his wife. And like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you know about Lee. So you know that like he's a character on his own, but there was, when, when I was playing through the game, there was a moment in the game. Uh, and this is a very old game. So again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, but you, you, you should have played it by now, but there's a moment in the game in the first, I think it's the first episode where you're tasked with saving either a young boy or, um, like a, a, a young man, uh, from a, uh, incoming like zombie attack. And you're de- the decision affects how characters will view you for the rest of the, of the series. But Lee okay. just, no matter what you, the choice you make is Lee is very upset about the choice that he has to make. And it really like cuts to his core and you see that even though like he, you know, killed this other person at his core, he's a good person and he's willing to do whatever he can to make people's lives easier and make sure that they are able to survive. Like he puts everything forward to try to like be the best person for everyone around him, so to speak. And you just kind of get little character bits here and here and here all through the, the first season until you get to episode four. And at the very end of episode four, Clementine has, uh, I don't, uh, I don't remember if she had ran away. Is that right? I don't, no, I don't. It's been a long time, Josh. I don't think it was like a runaway. Yeah, I, I don't think it was either. I think it was a matter of like she kind of got kidnapped almost. Um, oh, whatever the case may be, he's looking for her and the the relationship that you build up with Clementine. And when he's looking for her, and he is obsessing over finding her because he's become this little girl's father, more or less. And at the vent, the very end of that episode, when he gets bitten, I remember like, I remember saying out loud, like through tears, like, oh no, like, no, 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 not Lee. Like this can't be happening. Like Lee can't die. This is Lee. Like what? No, like it just ripped my fucking heart out because then yeah. you finish that episode and you're moving into episode five. You know that his time is like, like he has only a little bit of time left. And it just broke me, especially the ending of uh, episode five of that first season 
when uh, what is oh fuck what does he say to her as he's dying he says something to Clem that just I, I don't even remember what it was but it fucking broke me and no other character in a Telltale game has ever done that for me like at all and uh Dave Fenoy's um voice work is impeccable I I just I don't know man there's just so much about fucking his performance in that first game or that first season that is it, iconic. I, I really think that he's one of the like all time best voice acted protagonists like ever just, just straight up. And ah, God, I, I can't say enough about him. I, I really think he's great. He's, he's my number three. Yeah. He was on my honorable mentions. Um, if you haven't played the story, Josh really didn't spoil that much. I mean, obviously, the outcome is spoiled, but it's worth taking that ride yeah. just to see the story for yourself. The, and I highly recommend I'm, it. I'm not going to lie. If it wasn't a Walking Dead game, you would have talked me into playing it. I, it might sound like just it, it's not what you think. I will say that. Yeah. yeah, It might be a Walking Dead game, but just look at it as another zombie game because it has nothing else mm-hmm. really the walking dead related i mean you're going to see some stuff but just take it as its own story because that's truly what it is and it it, i think it's one of the gaming stories that needs to be told and needs to be played in a future episode when we talk more about single player story games this is one of the ones that could be used as a shining example for perfection i yeah i agree um dylan Dylan, we're on to your number two. I think I have. Is it number two already? Yep. Oh, my God. Three is quick. All right. Now, I wouldn't say quick, but here we are. Number two. And it was hard because I could have flip-flopped one and two for their own reasons. And I also had difficulty because from the same franchise there are many people within it that I could have taken and put in this spot. And it would have made a little sense. But when you sit down and think about it, there has never been, in my opinion, a video game villain more perfect than Handsome Jack from Borderlands. And he is my number two. He... Again, you... Yes, uh, we talked about this today. It's one of those things where you have to mention him when you mention some of the best video game characters of all time. He is perfectly voice acted. His story continues to be told even through Borderlands 3, a game that he is no longer in in terms of a physical manifestation. But you are still getting a look back, some kind of look back at his past, whether it be from audio files uh, memories, um, especially this one in particular mission. It's not mandatory. It is a side mission 
but you got to look back at Jack and his daughter and just listening to it. It is harrowing listening to what goes on and it sets up. It doesn't set up because it, it more or less you've already played Borderlands 2. You know, Jack's story, you know how it ends, you know how his daughter's story ends. And when Borderlands 3 comes around, you get this tiny little snippet. It's a short mission, but you get even more clarification on just his descent into madness. And he is mad as a hatter. He is as crazy as they come. He is pure evil in its truest form. I mean, you, you, I don't want to say you can sympathize with a lot of villains because there are some out there who are just straight up evil. But Jack is like, uh, I don't want to compare him to the Joker just wanting to watch the world burn, but he kind of just wants to watch the fucking world burn. Um, in the best way possible because you enjoy seeing it happen. That's another thing. You don't want Jack to win because obviously you're playing the story against him. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to beat him before he gets to the vault on Borderlands 2. I don't want to spoil too much if you've not played it. It's something, again, I think you should delve into. It's a, it's a, what is it, Josh, 10 years now? Is it, no, it's not 10 years, it's like six, right? Uh, I think, I don't know. 2012? It's eight years old? I think so. Oh my God. Uh, Yeah, I, I, mm, no. Actually, I think that might be the first Borderlands. Okay. Um, Regardless. Yeah, yeah. It's a game worth playing. Hell yeah. um, Austin, have you played it? You've played Borderlands? I've played the first one. Okay. Um, And even that, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, he's the perfect manifestation of a video game villain. Um, I don't, I want to say that I can't think of another villain that I would put over him, but I'm sure if I thought long enough, I mean, I could think of some people that could give him a run for his money, but he's pretty much perfect, which he would love to hear someone say Jack is the perfect man. I mean, he is so vain that you can't help but love him for it. I mean, he is. Uh, No, I was right. It was 2012. Was it really? Okay. So, wow. That means the first one came out a long time ago. Is it? 2010 for that one probably i don't know uh, whatever it seems right anyway yeah. yeah it's um it's a it's a character that i think you should play the game not to it's it's a game where i want people to experience the villain usually i'd be like yeah. hey go and experience the gameplay and the mechanics and the story along the way which is what i'm telling you to do when i say experience the villain but you have to truly know what you're getting into. And he is the manifestation of crazy and narcissism and so many other negative words, but he just makes it work and he's somewhat lovable. You, you can't help but want to see the next step for Jack. And I love him. And he's number two. Yeah. Great. Uh, Jack's a great character. Just he's a great villain. Yeah. I, I really, I love that game because of Jack. Yes. And I don't want to give too many spoilers away. I want to delve into the story and explain why he is the way he is. But if you're listening to this, you just got to play it. And there's plenty of games where he makes an appearance, where there's Borderlands 2, 3, the pre-sequel. 
there's a lot and it's worth it. So check it out. Yeah. I did. Well, the same text. All right. Uh, Austin, we're on to your number, number two. two. Num- number two. Are we going to turn this into an ASMR podcast? I've been trying to slowly just to get more uh, <laughs> listeners. I have a, I have a banana close by. Oh, okay. I don't know what yes. that means, but okay. That means I'm going to seductively eat it into okay. the microphone. I'm not, I'm not a party to this. Uh, I'm actually going to... You are. You are the host. Down. Nope. No. Done. It's done. <laughs> Here we go. Mike, hey, that should be... Uh, oh. um, okay. It's okay. We filled so, the void. <laughs> a number two is he uh, kind of tends to just speed on by. Uh, he's got a little bit of an attitude. Uh, it's pretty fast, pretty blue, pretty spiky. Um, it is Sonic the Hedgehog. I did not see that coming. I did I'm not get that shit coming. on. Why well, I said Sonic the Hedgehog? Because fun little fact: uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Two is the very first video game I've ever played. My very first console was a Sega Genesis that was passed down from my brother. He's like, it was actually my first console as well. Never had a Sega. I I actually think you're older than my brother Josh. Actually, you're Josh older, is older than a lot of people. Um, I am a very old. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it's Sonic the Hedgehog for the simple fact that um, I don't think that if I had ever been given a Genesis and ever played Sonic the Hedgehog as a kid, I don't think I would have ever been as avid of a gamer as I am. Um, so there was just something. I, I mean, as a kid, I thought they were hard as fuck. Um, now Sonic one, two, and three are like dumb fucking easy, but, um, it's, it's nostalgia. Uh, granted Sonic games suck now. They're awful. They've been awful since like 2006. Um, you try to tell me any Sonic game that came after 2006 was good. You're just wrong. Um, you obviously never played Sonic 2006 and it shows that have you guys ever played that game? Uh, no, I think I've played like one Sonic game. It's bad. It's very bad. It's put it in perspective. Sonic 2006 is uh, tied with Anthem for the worst video game I've ever played. Well, Um, the original Sonics. um, I feel I feel the same way that Josh feels about Zelda that I feel about Sonic. Um, I don't think that Sonic is a franchise that ever should have made the 3D leap. I think Sonic's home was the duties at all. It does. It just, it doesn't work. Um, with that being said, I do love Sonic adventure one and two. I thought that the, especially one, I love one way more than two, just for the open world aspect. I thought that was really cool. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's the first 3d Sonic game, right? I think so. Yes. I think there's one. I think there's one that came before it that was like a top-down 3D. It was like 3D Blast or something. It is bad too, so it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, with that being said, I do. I do actually still own Sonic Adventure One, Two, and Sonic Heroes on GameCube because I do think that those were really fun. Um, but my all-time favorite Sonic game is actually Sonic Mania. If you guys have never played Sonic Mania, you should because it's a fantastic game. You can beat it in a day easy. It's really short, like all 2D Sonic games were, but that game really encompassed the 
nostalgia that they were going for by trying to revive that 2D pixel art side-scrolling uh, franchise that Sonic was when it when it first popped into the scene. When you when I think about the original console wars between Nintendo and Sega, that's one of the characters you think about. You think about you think about Mario and you think about Sonic because those were the flagships of those consoles. They were they were the OGs. And so yeah, it's Sonic. Not because any Sonic games are good, because after 2006 they're not. The exception of Sonic Mania. They have some really dumb ones too. Like they had Sonic and the Black Knights on the Wii, which was stupid. It's a bad fucking game. But um that's it. Sonic. I don't really have anything else to say about him because it's just all nostalgia goggles that made me say that. Well, it's from uh, my earliest memories of gaming. Speaking of nostalgia, my number two is from a little series called Final. F- Final? Yeah, that's a. <laughs> Final, <laughs> Final Fantasy. Hear that? Is my mic picking that up? Uh, you guys hear a train horn? Nope. Because in my headset, it sounded like my mic was picking that up. I live very cro- close to a railroad, so the train is very loud in my house. Yeah, I. I, I was just making sure my mic so. pick it up. Okay, go on. Uh, yeah. So it's from Final Fantasy. Um, and I could have gone with any number of uh villains from the series. I think uh. Oh God, I can't remember the the king from four who actually ends up being Golbez. So I guess Golbez from four. I could have gone with Kefka from six. I could have gone with Idea from eight. I'm gonna go with Sephiroth from Final Fantasy Seven. Um, here's the thing: I think that Sephiroth is actually an overrated character. Uh, for many reasons, and and the number one being that everyone thinks that he's like the greatest fucking villain ever, and he's not. I do not think that he's even the best villain in Final Fantasy. I think that's Kevin. Yeah. But here's the thing. I feel like... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I feel like people only think that he's the best Final Fantasy villain. And this is this might just be me coming from somebody who's never played a Final Fantasy game. Um, except for seven, I played the original seven, but, um, I think people only think he's the best Final Fantasy villain because of how stigma behind the fight, the, uh, the bonus fight in Kingdom Hearts two, cause that fight's really fucking hard and I've never beat it before. Uh, I mean, it's, it, that's definitely possible. Uh, I, I, I think that Sephiroth gets a bump because, Final Fantasy VII is the most uh, popular. I, I don't want to say well-regarded because I don't think that that's actually correct, but it is for sure the most popular Final Fantasy, like by a mile. Mm-hmm. People know what the fuck, or people know who the fuck Sephiroth is. People know who the fuck Cloud is. People know who the fuck Tifa is. Like, Seven is just one of those... Of course people know who Cloud is. He's in Smash. <laughs> it's just one of those games that somehow like permeated the public consciousness and and you know like I don't know you man know. 
but the reason that I put Sephiroth on here versus all those other characters is partially because of just how gigantic he is. Like, not in terms of stature, mm-hmm. but in terms of like reach. You know what I mean? Like, people fucking know yeah. who Sephiroth is. But I don't think that people know other than the fact that he looks fucking cool. I don't pe- think people really have given as much interest into his backstory and, and his story within final fantasy seven, uh, as he probably deserves. And, uh, so basically the entire story of Sephiroth is that he is born, uh, to the scientist who worked for, um, Shinra, who is like, I mean, honestly, Shinra is probably the main villain of seven. If we're, if we're just being honest. Um, but so he's born to these two scientists who are working for Shinra. And basically the way that they come about it is one of them, uh, kind of implants some cells from this extraterrestrial, uh, entity that they found and they named Genova and they, they kind of put it in the, uh, the womb with, with Sephiroth and it kind of mixes in and he, he, you know, becomes a baby. And because of his cells mixing with Genova, he becomes like really superior in fighting and, and magic use and shit like that. And, then he kind of is raised to be like a super soldier because of these gifts, but no one ever really lets him know that like, that's what the case is. He just thinks that he is like gifted from, you know, just natural, like unknowable talent, so to speak. Yeah. And so he goes through his whole life, uh, you know, kind of, seeing this until finally he comes to the little town of Nibelheim and he finds out that he's not the only one who this was done to and that there are lots of him and they all came from Genova and that uh, it isn't actually that he is special at all. It's that he has alien cells in him and, you know, everything that he thought basically was a lie. And this kind of drives him into madness and he becomes obsessed with, um, the, the fact that like the Genova project was, was there to kind of create, like the perfect monster, so to speak. And so because he is so gifted and he can't kind of like come to terms with the fact that he isn't special and that they were doing this with tons of people, he kind of goes crazy and says, well, they're trying to produce the perfect monster. I am the perfect monster. And that's where, you know, he officially becomes like the bad guy, the antagonist. And so his story is really cool, but I also really feel like the game does like something really special with, 
with him in its gameplay mechanics. And I mean, obviously this is like a narrative driven thing, but like, I just want to point this out because I do think that it is important because a lot of games will do stuff where like the antagonist is there throughout the story, but isn't necessarily like you don't have to fight him till like the final boss, or you don't get to see like anything about him until the, like he is the final boss sort of thing. And you get to see there's a little section where you play as cloud and he's recounting the story of like, uh, what it was like to be on the, the battlefield with Sephiroth. And so you see Sephiroth's power in that little sequence because he is incredibly overpowered compared to you where like, I think you're fighting a dragon if I remember correctly. And so like, you'll hit the dragon and you'll do like six points of damage or whatever. And then Sephiroth will hit and it'll be like a gargantuan amount compared to you. Like it's ridiculous. And so you in the game get a sense of just how fucking capable of utter destruction Sephiroth is before you ever, ever square off against him in the final battle. And I think that that's something that's super fucking cool and unique to his character in final fantasy seven. Uh, I don't think you get that a lot in a whole lot of games and you, I really, really feel like you don't get that in a lot of final fantasy games, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I chose Sephiroth because I think he's got this really weird and complicated past that really kind of te- like ties into the themes of identity and and loss that are within the game. Because uh, Cloud kind of goes through this, the same thing. Like he finds out that he isn't who he thinks that he is, and their story kind of parallels one another. And I think that that's a really really great piece of writing in final fantasy seven. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's why he's my number two. It's kind of like what Austin said. My first experience with him was not final fantasy. It was kingdom hearts and it was a ridiculous boss fight. The first one, uh, kingdom hearts one, the fight with him is ridiculous. And then, Kingdom Hearts 2 stepped it up. I mean, well, I don't know if it stepped it up. They were both hard either way. But there was something more... Yeah, there was something more satisfying about beating him in 2, personally. Um, But it was a lot of fun. And he was a monster. I think we touched on this in some episode. He had so many health bars. It's fucking ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Um, But he was a lot of fun. And he's a powerhouse. first one. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but I think he's an, I don't think he's a perfect villain, like I think you said, but he is one of the most respectable yeah, villains out there in gaming. Yeah. To me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, <coughs> this brings us down to our number one. So, Dylan, what you got? What I got is a man with a troubled past. And yeah, he, so it's Arthur Morgan. 
from Red Dead 2. Yes. All right. Yeah. He, again, this is one of those games where I, 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 I want to say spoilers and I want to tell you his story. You should. But it's, please, God, play this game. Yes. If you have any means to play Red Dead Redemption 2, please do experience the story that I consider almost perfect, if not perfect. Um, he oh. is a man that is good at heart, but he just makes bad choices. He has bad luck fall upon him around every corner, but you can see at his core, he is a man who is troubled, who is trying to find his path, who is trying to help the family that he knows, who you can see loves, he loves so much, and he has so much taken away from him. And it's one of the best stories written in video games, watching him go through what he does in Red Dead Redemption 2, meeting the people he does meet, helping the people, and you don't have to help these people. Again, Arthur Morgan is a troubled man. These people along the way, it's up to you definitively how you play Arthur, how his story ends is essentially up to you. What kind of man he is, is up to you. But along the way, you still see the core principles that Arthur believes in. You see who he is and what he is. He is not a great man. He is truly not. He, I can't make justifiable, justifiable excuses for him killing people or doing some of the other fucked up shit that he does. But once you see this man's story unfold and you play out those final chapters, you can't help but feel like Arthur Morgan is one of the best video game characters to ever exist. And he's my number one. Rightfully so. I think you know, Arthur Morgan is... bought Red Dead. bought Red Dead uh, 2 on launch. Never played it. Awesome, please God. Yeah. It before I you get it digitally the night that it came the day that it came out. Never played it. Red Dead before, one of the most affecting stories I've ever played in video games. Yes. Heard. I mean heard, truly. I absolutely heard. Um just before that PC comes, if you can find any time at all, it's one of the most beautiful yeah. worlds I have ever seen in games. I have never seen a world like that. It's so alive. It's rich and vibrant, teeming with life, whether it be in the air, on land, or in the water, the people that you meet in towns, and the people that you play as. By people, I do mean Arthur Morgan, but you're also playing alongside of his, his family. And the story is so engrossing and enriching, and you, it's perfect it's perfect in every goddamn way and you have to play it oh yeah yeah uh, well I, maybe one day um actually might do that i actually might sit down before my pc comes in and try that out you definitely should should uh austin we're should. down to your number one tell us what it is or who it's all right so my number one it might be a curveball and it might not be I, I've talked about how his story affected me uh, at a younger age in an earlier episode. Um, my number one is 
Roxas from Kingdom oh, first shit. introduced in Kingdom Hearts 2. It is Roxas. I for me it so for for a character for me to really connect to them, um their over their overall story arc moving forward obviously has to be good to me. It has to be impactful to me. But their the backstory and how they became what they are is also just as important to me. And something about Roxas's backstory, the whole fact that and, and along with all the other nobodies in Organization 13, they're not supposed to exist. And you've got people telling him that the entire game, that he was never supposed to exist in the first place. The only reason he existed was because Sora at some point fucked up pretty much. Um, granted, Sora did what he did of his own actions, whether it was the right thing to do or not, you know, whatever. But Sora, Sora's action, because of Sora, had Sora not have done that, Roxas would have never existed in the first place. And I think once Roxas realized that, it was very impactful. Um, I talked about it in the first episode of the podcast. Um, if you're listening to that and you haven't listened to this, uh, you're probably a psychopath and you should well, listen to these in order. Um, but the the fight between Roxas and Sora when they're kind of fighting and Sora's subconscious or his heart or whatever you want to call it. Um, and he he looks at Sora and he says, uh, he says, he says, why did he choose you? Like, why were you chosen to be the, be the version of them that's supposed to exist when he's the version, the inferior version, the one without a heart, the one that would have that should have never walked the earth in the first place. And let me tell you, I I like Kingdom Hearts 3. I really do. I was very disappointed in Kingdom Hearts 3, but I was literally jumping and screaming in that cutscene where Roxas comes back. I was literally yelling at the top of my lungs at my fucking TV. That was the best part of the whole game for me. Um, and Even though he said something really corny. Um, said something about like protecting his friends and the way it, it also doesn't help me that Roxas is voiced by Jesse McCartney. Um, something yeah. about that makes it kind of cringy. I actually did, <laughs> I didn't know that until Kingdom Hearts 3 was coming out and I saw that he had actually been voicing Roxas the whole time. And I was like, I the whole time got you were a person, honestly. I mean, I look at the one that voices fucking Sora. I mean, you wouldn't expect that either. Yeah, because that's Haley Joel Osment, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> but, um, Roxas, uh, 358 over two days, as dumb as a fucking name that is. Um, it really is, honestly, for a DS game, it was fantastic. It was a great way to, um, it was a great way to deviate from the main franchise while still giving a good story. Um, even though I still think that all those sub games were just filler, they kind of were. None of them really mattered at the end of the day. But, yeah, Roxas, I identified with him the most. Um, being, you know, going through puberty and maturing and trying to figure out who I was as a person and what I wanted to do and what kind of person I wanted to be. And I really resonated with a character who I felt like also felt a similar way. Like he didn't know why he was here. He didn't didn't know who he was supposed to be or what he was supposed to do or which side of this light versus darkness conflict he was supposed to reside on. Mm-hmm. Oh, my number one is Rockus. 
That's pretty cool. I didn't expect that, quite honestly. Me um, at all. Yeah, it, that's a that was a refreshing choice. Uh, okay, we're down to my number one. On you, Josh. Uh, very similar to, uh, I guess the both of you. I'm choosing a character from a story that is um very uh tells a very uh, well no uh it tells a very emotional story about uh people who um maybe I'm trying to think of the way I want to phrase this aren't the best uh like version of people <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. hard hard way to describe it but um do you guys have any idea who who it is don't i want to know i want to think i know but i really don't and i want to guess but i can't um so i had a very hard time deciding which character from this series of games to go with because uh there are three that I specifically very very much like uh but I ended up going with probably the most um obvious one and that is Joel Miller from The Last of Us. Oh, okay. Uh I don't really know that I need to say much about Joel that hasn't already been said to be completely honest with you. Joel is one of the most nuanced characters I think that has ever been written for video games period. Uh, And his story of, (sighs) okay, listen, here's something that I think a lot of people get wrong now about the last of us and Joel's story in the last of us. Joel's story in The Last of Us, admittedly, the end makes him a selfish prick. It it definitely does. And I'm not I'm not denying that it or like I'm not denying that fact. Yeah. But Joel's story in The Last of Us isn't about what he does at the very end of the game. It's his journey back to redemption. It is a redemption story. He goes from being a hardened, bitter, like, asshole of a man who could not give less of a shit about anyone other than himself. I mean, he kind of has, like, a fondness towards uh, Tess, but I I, I don't want to say that he actually, like, I, I don't want to say he doesn't give a shit about her, but I also don't want to say that he she's someone who's terribly important to him. I think that he had... You know, ha- had she not like sacrificed herself or, or what have you, that it yeah. necessarily would have cared all that much. And he okay. learns to care about people again through Ellie. And that is just so incredibly powerful to me. And mm-hmm. like the reason that I think that he is so so fucking good is because there is this real warmth and sweetness to him 
that you see because of, like I said, the fact that it's a redemption arc. It's him learning to care again. But at the same time, you've got, you know, that darkness too, where at the very end of the game, you know, he basically fucking dooms humanity. And like, that's just, that's not a good look. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but I think the writing for Joel is, is, is seriously some of the best character writing in, in video games, just period. I, I really, really think that Joel is a character that will for a very, very long time, maybe forever stand the test of time. Uh, he's just that well written and that well realized of a character. And I know I, I I don't remember if I said it on the, uh, the last podcast we recorded, or if I was talking with someone else, I think that Troy Miller or Troy shit. What is his name? Is it, is it Troy? Troy Baker, Troy Baker. That's what it is. Uh, I think Troy Baker gets a lot of, um, praise and and rightfully so i'm not saying he's a bad voice actor by any means i think he's actually very good which is why he's in everything but i think that he's a tad bit overrated because he kind of to me plays himself in almost everything uh but with with that said i think he absolutely disappears into the role of joel and I, I don't know, man, I, I was hard pressed to find another character other than Joel to, to take my number one spot. Ellie was the other one I very much considered. Cause I think that, uh, her story in, in the last of us part two is a very harrowing tell. And, uh, she could have taken my number one spot also, but, Joel just speaks to me uh, on completely different level than a lot of other characters in video games. And oh. That's why he's my number one. You're totally right on him disappearing into the character of Joel because you're pretty much right. Like he is a little overrated to me, Troy Baker. Um, he's in almost everything. He's great at what he does. So that is why. But when it comes to Joel, I don't know what happened or why he decided to devote that much of himself into the role, but it truly shines and you can, you can hear it. You can not only hear it, but you can feel it. And that's something. Yes. You want that in a video game. You don't have that anymore in a video game. Not at all. You don't know that a lot anymore in in video game characters. When you find it, it's special. And Troy Baker sealed the. D- I have mentioned that a lot tonight in this episode. It's I want a character that just by the voice, you can feel something in them. I think mm-hmm. even the voice of Glados. How we were talking about that earlier. It's it's like a computer voice, but she does so much with it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. you can feel so much from a character's voice. And that is a huge part of video games that don't get that much recognition to me. But that's what tells a story. Um, and it's not appreciated enough. As overrated as Troy Baker is, he does a great job. 
someone else that does a great job was Roger Clark for Arthur Morgan. Yep. He's fucking Irish guys. Like you can hear the accent when he's speaking just on a normal conversation, normal video, whatever he is Irish, but he portrays that old West voice that, that just perfect, perfect voice. And he does such a good job and makes you feel the character. And that's what Troy Baker did with Joel. And you, you just hit the nail on the head. I, he's in my honorable mentions. I figured you were going to do Joel or Ellie. So I didn't put them top five, Mm. but they would have definitely been there. Had I known you were not going to do that. It was a lot like Elizabeth for Bioshock infinite, which again, Troy Baker, um, uh, not Elizabeth though. (laughs) Yeah. No, right. Some great acting. (laughs) That would be amazing. But again, I mean, that's just one of those things where I feel like we were on track to name a few. I had no idea Portal was going to be on your honorable mentions. I had not a single clue. That was surprising in itself. Dude, I I love very specifically. I love Portal 2. But yes, like that, that series in general is, is wonderful. I agree. Yeah. But that I just I liked that's something that we touched on a lot. This episode was what the voice actors bring to it, because we love these characters as a whole. We just named 15 characters that we fell in love with. And in some way, shape or form, even Jesse McCartney with Roxas, the voice actor is a part of the reason we love these characters so much. And I think I agree. it all culminates the, the voice for Handsome Jack. I don't know who that is. I'm going to be honest with you. But again, that's another reason I love it so much. And I think when we look at these 15 characters, that's something that hopefully opens up the dialogue in future episodes of what that truly brings to the table. Having a good voice actor as opposed to just some random, I'm not going to say random because I, there, there are voice actors you know and there's voice, voice actors you don't know. Like if I said yeah. Kevin Conroy, I guarantee every single one of you knows that that's from Batman. That's the voice yeah. of Batman. Yeah. Right. But unfortunately, I can't. I don't know. Yes, the be, the best. Um. So it's just I don't know. We we touched on that a lot this episode, and I'm kind of proud of all of us for that because there's some very unique voices, and the people behind them made these characters for us. I believe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, this is Josh. Uh, I had to insert this in just because I wanted to make sure that you know it wasn't too uh, jarring to have the episode just abrupt and. Uh, abruptly end so in case you didn't see on our instagram page this episode was incredibly long we recorded for over five hours so we decided that it would be best to break down the episode into two parts so this is part one uh this is going to be the end of it uh all the social media plugs and stuff like that will come in part two part two will be available on monday so as of right now this is the end of the episode And we look forward to seeing you guys, well, or maybe not seeing you guys, but entertaining you guys again soon in the future. All right. See you on Monday. 